Tough but fair. Tough but unfair. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. Damn right you are. Don't let anyone tell you different. <laughs> so far, I've been pretty insistent. Mm-hmm. But a couple times that I have caved in and, you know, get agreed that I was a different person. People are awfully insistent sometimes, and you feel sorry for them. Sure. Let's go along with it. They don't know how it's the okay. multiverse works. I'm not their son, but it's all right. Yeah. Uh, have you ever met another uh, David Dedrick in your life? Never. Really? Interesting. It's not a common name. Well, is it, there are David Dedricks out there. There is like a sleep doctor mm-hmm. named David Dedrick. And I get... I, for a while, I was, when we started the podcast, did that thing that everyone does, which is, hey, I'm going to be all over the internet. Better do some Google alerts. Oh, that's very important. It is very important. Otherwise, you'll never know when someone's criticizing you. It was very, and oh, you yeah. just like let it go, uh, go yeah. by and not know and not uh, sweat it. Yeah. The thing is, is that like most of the comments that we get are either on our website mm-hmm. or our reviews on like Apple podcast or something sure something sure like that by the way if anyone wants to review us on apple podcast that helps us it does so, uh that'd be great okay go back to you dave uh but the thing is is that isn't part of like google's aggregator they don't put those onto your ah. google alerts and so what I, the google alerts i get are for dr david dedrick sleep doctor from he lives in oregon right so he's pretty close i could go and visit him i guess yeah be like, and hey, you guys could talk about your name until we, you both fall asleep. We have a pretty similar name. <laughs> because it, uh, if you are, are in the Lower Mainland, mm-hmm. any Dedrick that's in the phone book is related to me. Oh, okay. There's no one in the phone book named Dedrick that I do not know. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It's weird. It seems like it's not an unusual name. Yeah, apparently, it's rare enough that... Uh... And the other thing I learned about, about my uh, forebearer, mm-hmm. uh, this is actually from guest of the show, Jason Dedrick. His uncle on on my not related side, his mom's his mom's brother, told me that uh, we could put U E L after our name if we were so inclined, and if it meant anything at all anymore, and it probably doesn't. Okay. But at one time, you could put U E L after your name, and it was sort of a sign of of prestige. Oh, was in like uh, like the letters like an Esquire type thing. Yeah, not like uh, you'd be uh, Dedrick Riel. You know, not to turn it into and an like elf. Try to pretend to be Spanish. That's, well, I thought it was an elf name. Mm. So you're like Dedrick Riel. Mm. Nothing wrong with being an elf. Those are very noble no, creatures. They live a long time. I think that show, uh, the what, House of Dragon, mm-hmm. could use one of those elves from uh, Tolkien to just show up and like straighten shit out. Like really, just get there. Aren't they there? Isn't one of like don't they have like young Galadriel kicking ass and taking names, taking names and then kicking asses? I'm not too sure what order she's doing them in. Probably chewing bubble gum. Okay. Although she doesn't have any, so she's kicking asses and taking names mm-hmm. and not chewing bubble gum. I finally saw that scene of uh, from uh, from uh, they live. They live. Yeah. Well, you've never seen they live. No. Oh, that's a good movie. It's good, yeah, yeah. I've seen huge chunks of it, but I never saw that scene. Oh, okay. This is so weird. Like, I felt like there'd be a bit, a lot more build up to it, mm. and it's not. He just like goes into uh, goes into a place and like I'm here. Like, whoa! Like, there's no setup to this at all. You just walked in. I don't know. You, well, you haven't. Really like, he puts on his glasses. He sees all the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's in a store. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's, and uh, insults a lady, says she's <laughs> ugly, and like you know, look. 
they're yeah. they're evil creatures that are like trying to take us over. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, but yeah. there's no reason to, reason to call them ugly. That seems <laughs> a little mean. Uh, and then it's like, well, I better go shoot up a bank. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's a odd choice. Mm-hmm. It know? is an odd choice. I think within the movie, it is an odd choice as well. So it's not like it's not really doing any good, but yeah, he's just kind of reacting. Like he's, he's not. He's, again, freak, he's freaking out. I have not seen them. I had not yeah, seen the whole. Movie. I've heard of your criticisms of the movie. Right, seen. right. I mean, I would feel like if your situation there is like I've got to tell the world this. You know how I'm going to do it? Going to go shoot up a bank. Yeah. And it's like, oh, people will get the message. They'll go, hey, that guy's shooting up a bank. Wait a minute, are there aliens? Because the guy's shooting up a bank. Yeah, probably aliens. Okay, well, good to know. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate uh, the thing. And also, you're uh, here to kick ass and chew gum. And I chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. I like that it's specifically bubblegum. Yeah. Not just gum. Yeah. Like, and that would work, too. It's like, I'm here to kick ass and chew gum, and I'm all out of gum. That's that's much smoother than bubblegum. So apparently, John Carpenter, of course, who wrote and directed They Live, who had a pretty interesting deal. He had a deal with a small a small uh, studio who mostly were, made most of their money, like, uh, rent, rentals or, at you know, like... Selling VHS, basically. Okay. And though the agreement was, he would tell them his plot idea, and if they liked it, they would give him $3 million, and that was the end of it. They wouldn't interfere in the making of the film at all. Yeah, cheap enough. Yeah, yeah. Very cheap. I think a little too cheap, actually. And that's why it broke down on the third film he was going to make, because he asked for more money. Oh. And they wouldn't give it to him, and he said, well, screw you, I'm going to go make a terrible movie uh, called Memoirs of, of the Invisible Man. Which, actually, I don't... I saw a long time ago, and I didn't think it was that bad. I just was... I've heard that it's from other people. It's bad, and I'm kind of like, I guess it's bad. I don't know what to think of this movie. I, I didn't, I didn't mind it at the time. But anyway, um, uh, apparently, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who was a professional wrestler, uh, would write phrases in a book, a little like notebook that he carried around. If he thought of like a cool thing to say during a like a okay. on camera bit okay. for his, you know, for WWE. Uh, insults, whatever he could throw around, or little, and he would write them down in a notebook. And that was one of the ones he had written down in his notebook. And John Carpenter was looking through this book, and he saw it. And he said, "Oh, I love that. I'm going to take that and use it in the movie." So yeah, it was kind of a co-write there. So like Keith, uh, Keith, Keith David, just looking up his name. Yeah. Um, Keith, Keith David was uh, in that, of course. Yeah. And uh, he was in Community. And I'm just mm-hmm. wondering if there was ever any references in Community to that. There must, there must have been. Isn't that, yeah, it feels like, well, his whole thing was. Did they have like a 15, did he and and Joel McRae have, or Joel McHale, I should say, have a 15 minute long <laughs> fight. fight? They should, yeah, that would be good. Uh, his whole thing was he was a VR guy, I think. Like he invented this VR video game or, or some such. On the got, show? Yeah, and got ripped okay. off. And uh, and so that's why he was back at community college. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, that was his. That but was didn't his. they have like a, didn't they do like a thing where they go and it's evil guy from breaking bad who's stolen the game from him and they and they do something to help him or is that just a different to, totally unrelated are you talking about the character mike from breaking bad no mike was in the same season as uh as, as oh, him okay. no. as just another student and his his character was a guy who wanted to be a cart he was a tough kind of tough guy yeah but he wanted to be a cartoonist and he had a cartoon about a duck but the bills were too hard to draw yeah and so he was all talking about how hard it was to draw these bills. And like, why do you draw a duck then? Well, is, I got to draw a duck. Is Mike a bad guy? In Breaking Bad yeah. and Better Call Sal? Yeah. He is someone who did something bad and then, uh, you know, he start, he took bribes. And yeah. that led to some bad situations. Okay. And so he's got a code of ethics 
So, yeah, but he, he is definitely a guy who facilitates very bad things happening. Okay, yeah, okay. But so does it with a moral code. <laughs> so-called moral things code. Things would be better. Things yeah. would be worse without him, but things would be better if he just shot everybody he knew. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, no, it's not him. It's the other actor who's now on um, The Boys, and he was the bad guy in Breaking Bad. He was the... The big bad Gus guy. Fring. Oh, Gus, Gus, uh, yeah. Gus Fring. Yeah, yeah. Was Wasn't there an episode on Community where they, ha- they yeah, go to his place? Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, there was a... But that had nothing to do with with the Keith David character? No, that was just a video game that was uh, built that was kind of a racist video game. Oh. Uh, that was... That but I was, thought they went in it and played they it did. in the game. Like, so they it's did. like a VR game. Not VR. But it's not they VR. Just played the, they just played the game. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, the uh, Keith David uh, was like a VR guy and then... Uh, the dean got caught in the world of VR and was addicted to it and uh, didn't mm. want to leave it. Mm. So uh, I think I that was one of the plots later on in, when it was a Yahoo uh, series. It's I weird see. for me to always say Yahoo series because I feel like I'm saying Yahoo serious. I feel like I'm <laughs> That's what I assume star you're of young Einstein. Everyone always assumes that you're going to go to Yahoo serious. Yeah, and first, it's, like, to me it was always dumb that the, the, the Yahoo didn't give Yahoo Sirius a Yahoo series because that's mm. just that just is sells itself. It's right? already there, yeah. Well, yeah. like Yahoo Sirius has a Yahoo series, yeah. That's that's great. Let's see what he does. You know what? I'm sure they offered it to him and he just turned it down. He not. said you can't be serious. <laughs> you can't be serious. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. Why so serious? Why so serious? Uh, no, UEL is United Empire Loyalist. Oh, we're because, back to that. Yes, because okay. my great, 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 great grandfather, however far back it goes, he was living in New York. Okay. Then the revolution happened, and he said, "Screw you guys, being dis- being uh, traitors to the crown." And then he, right. he left. He left this that traitorous country and came to uh, Canada. Right. So he didn't get the "screw you" button instead. What's the "screw you" button? Well, that's when you say to someone, "Screw you." Uh, in your revolution, and then you get the screw you button. <laughs> no, he did not. But the thing is, they screw it on, so it's a very painful. Yeah, it's very painful. Well, a lot of there's a lot of tar and feathering that actually went on for people who were loyalists. So you know what's bad about it's that? It's a good idea to skedaddle. If you're, you know, you get like a tar and feathering. Although situation. it's too early for skedaddling, because that word comes from the Civil War. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, like the the drag about the tar and feathering. Yeah. Is uh, you know the the the, the chickens. They don't need that crap. It's like, you well, know, it's like already, you're mad at this. They're already missing their You're feathers. mad at this guy. And now it's like, <laughs> yeah. ugh, you know, now uh-huh. we got to like strip down. They're not, they're not taking feathers off of chickens to turn feather a person. They're, chickens have already lost their feathers to get yeah. eaten. Right. But they were going to like use those feathers for like, you know, beds or oh, something. Okay. Some, some business. I don't know. Do you think now they, they got like, and it takes a lot of feathers to feather a guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're going to need to now break out some more chickens. And yeah. It's just a rough day for the chickens, I would say. I think they and use... also, you're making the guy look like a chicken, and that's just insulting the chickens. I don't think they use this regular feathers for pillows and stuff like that. That would be really an uncomfortable place. What would they do with the chicken feathers back in the old days? I think they just get rid of them. How? They turn feather people and send yeah, them on their way. Oh, that's good. It's okay. a recycling program. Very good. And then right on, right out of town on a rail. Oh well, they had the rails. Just the rails. They didn't have trains yet. Okay. They were they were planning ahead. Okay. It's called infrastructure, sir. Look it up. It's like when cars were invented, there were already gas stations everywhere because they planned ahead. It feels that's like why people are complaining about electric cars because we didn't plan ahead and there's no place to charge them. This feels like it would be uh, if I was pitching a Warner Brothers cartoon in the early fifties. Okay. Right. Like we're yeah. done, we're done with uh, World War Two. Mm-hmm. 
and I got to think of a plot, yeah. and we don't have a large budget. I'd go with this. It's like there was a corrupt mayor or something, someone in a town. He gets tarred and feathered, right? Yeah. Okay. So we start off with that, and sure. he gets uh, he gets sent out on a rail, mm-hmm. and so he ends up like you know uh, going on the rail. Yeah. And then he gets off the rail, and then <laughs> okay. uh, a chicken falls in love with him, and we do a Pepe Le Pew situation. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if it should be like a chicken. Maybe it should be a rooster. Then. It should be a rooster. Yeah. So a rooster, lake. and so the rooster sees the guy. I say, I say. Yeah, yeah, and he's all like looking like a chicken, and the rooster is cock a doodle do. <laughs> And uh, and so every time the guy thinks he's gotten away from the rooster, he hears cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> and he has it's got to, a whole other meaning. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And, and yeah, it's like he's just uh, keeps chasing him. And then he he hides like in a house. Yeah, it's like oof. But the, but there's a family there that's ready to make a chicken dinner. Yeah, and they're like, we don't have any chicken. What are we gonna do for the chicken dinner? And then the guy runs in. You got you gotta save me. You gotta save me. Oh, we'll save you. Hide in here. And like, hide, uh, aims at the oven. Like, thanks, yeah. mister. Yeah. And he goes in there. Yeah. The yeah. end. Oh, that'd be a dark ending. <laughs> the end. He just finds himself in hell. Teach you for taking bribes, you corrupt mayor. Yeah, and then he just hears cock a doodle doo. And it's all <laughs> roosters. And then you learn, like, all roosters go to hell because yeah. they're all terrible sinners. They're all, terrible. They're all yes. They don't, they don't ask for permission. Nope. <laughs> terrible. And then, and then you look over and Pepe Le Pew's there too. And just like, well, where did you think I was going? <laughs> oh. And he ends up in rooster hell. Mm-hmm. He can't help it if a cat. He didn't think, know it was a cat. He thought it was a skunk. Yeah. I'm pitching that one to Frizz Freeling. Get on it. Is he yeah. still around? No. Can't be. Can't be. Possible. They're all gone. Even Robert McKimson. The, I youngest, felt, I the felt, young guy. I felt bad when I met Chuck Jones because I asked if uh, Michael Maltese was still alive. And he seemed sad. That, that question? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that he wasn't? Yeah. Well, it just seems like asking it made made it made, made him a little him sad. sad. And I was like, oh yeah, well he knows him, and it feels. Do you bad. think that everyone who meets Chuck Jones is like wants to know more about Michael Maltese? They worked together a lot. They did, and I'm wondering if people maybe he's thinking to himself, oh my god, my my promotional campaign to make me like the 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 animation genius isn't paying off because people are still wanting to know about Michael Maltese, the guy who yeah. wrote the scripts that I Yeah, I, uh, I had a box of Malteasers and I was going to get him to sign it. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Did you hear what, um, who Chuck Jones used as uh, models for like Bugs Bunny and stuff? Who he used as, as a model for Bugs Bunny? For like most of his characters, cartoon okay. characters. Uh, burlesque Girls. You would get them to do the poses. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just thinking, because I, I was thinking, well, that sounds more like Tex Avery, but I can see. But I can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, really yeah. did, like, because, uh, like, Bucks Bunny often does have, like, a feminine element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think, like, he started doing that around the time that also Bugs started getting the long eyelashes. Well, there that, was a period of time. That there was where, a real tech. Uh, that was, sorry. So that was a real Chuck uh, Jones thing, those Eyelashes. But he didn't used to, like in his older... No, no, no. And then all of a sudden, Bugs gets the lashes, and I'm mm-hmm. like, this is where he started to use the burlesque dancers. <laughs> it's also, it's a good, you know, it's a good bit if you're, uh, you know, an artist, and you're just like, uh, you got to bring in some models for yeah. this. So, okay, bring in some models. Yeah. You know what? Hey, wait a second. Hey, wait a second. You know yeah. you know what I can justify yeah. here? I can justify this beret. <laughs> I feel like he did wear a beret. At some he point. did wear a beret. Sure, why not? Well, how else would you know you're an artist eh. or the Play-Doh guy? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> One of the two. Uh, it's been 15 <laughs> minutes. I'm going to ask you: Are we still recording? It's been 19 minutes, and yes, we're still recording. Okay, good. We're, we're having some technical issues uh, this time around. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so there we go. So everything's everything's clear. So everything's far. copacetic thus far. Let's knock on wood. Okay, very good. It doesn't make sense right now to like save it, save it as we go. We're good. All right, we're good. All right, we're gonna take the risk. Nice. I think saving every fifteen minutes makes some sense. Sure. In in this crazy world, because we've done this before. We have done this. We've before. laid our hearts on the line. We've spilled the beans <laughs> on you know ourselves. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, uh, oh, nothing recorded. And maybe I maybe I intentionally erased it. Oh, it could be. I just thought this is too much. And then we're back to talking about uh, the difference between mirage and arrow bars. No difference. Um. Yeah. Just uh, density. Mm. That's it. But aside from that, uh, they're yeah. uh, they are the same bar. <laughs> yes. You and I uh, went to a uh, hot dog party on the beach yesterday. We did go to a hot dog party. It was nice. So it was a wiener good time. <laughs> the wiener sense. takes it all. <laughs> it was a nice. Yes, this it was joke fun. is pretty small. <laughs> like all my wiener jokes. <laughs> It's not the size of the wiener joke that's important. No, that's right. It's, it's the thing. So no, it was like uh, it was at a beach that I was not super familiar with. I've been to it once before. We did a little. I've screening. never been there. We been we did a screening of like Jaws, uh, not Jaws, Raiders of the Lost Ark there once. Okay. Uh, with uh, with some friends, uh, but aside from that, no, I've gone there for plays because there's a little theater that's near there. I see. But I've never been to that beach itself. Are you talking about the um, Jericho the Jericho Beach Art Center there? Yeah. Yeah, it's a cute little place. Mm-hmm. I've, I've even... only seen very boring plays there. Okay. <laughs> I've seen many plays. Yeah. And they've all been, <sighs> yeah, that's good. Like, are they like well-known plays or just not? No. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. But Sometimes. Done, done boringly? Uh, yeah. I had that happen in this similar area, but more up towards, if you went out of that area and went a little bit farther south. Uh, up by where like where that captains used to be okay in that neighborhood yes i'm very familiar i'm with sorry that. you have no idea what i'm talking about listeners but it's just a close to where we're talking about but not not in the same area but went to a theater there it was kind of like in an old house like an old mansion yeah that they had converted into an art center there and I, we watched a play and it was a shaw play yep and it was very boring and i don't think shaw is boring no no and I, but i just think it was played very uh understated in a way that you went, you wonder if they know it's a comedy. Yeah. By the way, you think that uh, George Bernard Shaw would be a little uh, dry. You think that, right? You're going like, eh, it's a little dry. Pretty good. Like, like actually watch a play by George Bernard Shaw. Pretty damn good. A well-performed play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice yeah. job there. Uh, but yeah, I've seen a couple of boring plays there. What is that beach cold that we were at? Locarno. Locarno. Yeah, it was just really beautiful. There's some people that were swimming, and it actually looked like a sensible thing to do and not a bananas thing to do like it is at like Kitts Beach or someplace where you're just like, you're going to die. Why are you going to die at Kitts? It just looks like so seaweedy and so... Oh, okay. Uh, and when people are out there swimming, they're going, eh, oh, uh, uh. But, you know, people seemed calm and happy, and we're having a nice time. Yeah. 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 I'm I didn't not, think anyone was going to die. I'm not big, at, uh, big on swimming in the ocean. I'm not a big, big fan of it. Maybe maybe farther away from the shore. I have I have swum in the ocean, like where I couldn't see land. Okay. I had swum in the ocean, like off a boat. When I was on the fishing boat, yeah, I right. jumped into the water. It was incredibly cold, and it's one of those things that you're in the swimming in the water for a while, and you're just like, I don't want to think of what's underneath me right now. Like, who wants to know? No one, no, no one no, needs no, to no, know no, that no, stuff. No. I love swimming. You know what's in... underneath you? Everything. Yeah, that's about it. Yes, Jimmy Hoffa. A tractor. Sure, sure. The part of the Titanic has moved over there somehow through the Yeah, current. I always say like when you're in the ocean, yeah. uh, you're full of 
uh, people, yeah. dead people, yeah. with all all who died with surprised expressions on their faces. <laughs> who thought, like, this will be nice, and then they all died with, uh And you're like, uh, well, what about the ones that are skeletons? Well, skeletons always look surprised. Yeah, it was like, they do look surprised. That's so it's right. just like, it's just all these surprised su- corpses yeah. underneath you, yeah. and then you on top going, this is fine. <laughs> Having a good time. Yeah. Just swimming with a sunfish. Yep. I prefer to swim in, la- I love swimming in lakes, though. Like, give me a lake any old day and I'll, I'll jump in it. All right. As long as there's no eels. There's no eels in lakes, are there? Oh. I think eels are a water thing, like an ocean thing. Okay. Maybe there's freshwater eels. I don't know. I, know I think so. I know there's leeches. Yes. That's, that's a different situation. I've watched leeches float by me. I've never had a leech on me, though. Uh, there are eels in Lake Ontario. There are eels in Lake Huron. There are eels in Lake Erie. There are eels in yeah, all, the, all the Great Lakes have okay. eels. Well, I'm not going to go on those lakes then. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there. Are, I've never experienced. I've never um, encountered an eel while I've been swimming. So. There's also Eels Lake. That would probably have some eels. That in might it. have some eels in, in, uh, in Ontario. Yeah. Yep. There's eels in lakes. <laughs> yep. Freshwater eels. Plenty of them. Okay. Yeah. I don't like. I don't like eels. Well, it's fine. I mean, they don't bother bother me. So that you know, they're not. Except they would. They're not looking for me. No, I'm but saying. they will bite you. Should they get threatened or like you spook them or you step on yeah, them or yeah, whatnot, you, and they'll bite you with like sure. multiple uh, things of teeth. Yeah. When we when I go into lakes, I tend to swim in like out in the middle of the lake, not sure the shoreline. You're a real middle of the laker. I'm a. I like to be out where there's nothing else around. Like I want it deep, so I don't have to worry about things. I want to feel like any seaweed or lake weed touching my feet. God damn seaweed, eh? It's gross. God damn seaweed. <laughs> it's not. It's no one's. Who friend. thought that was a good idea? god <laughs> no no one likes that like, yeah we used to go swimming at uh, white rock and uh, you know you'd have to like make your way out like yeah ugh, ah through the seaweed yeah, and yeah. then you just like try to swim over the seaweed yeah, as best yeah. you can till yeah. you got out of that situation yeah it's better if the tide's in because then you get less of the seaweed oh, so much better <laughs> so much better seaweed's the worst and i don't know why it just feels like this is terrible it stinks it stinks. It's got stuff underneath it. This is where the things would live. Uh, it's where the crabs would be. Uh, it's just bad. It's a bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's the really nice thing when you're in some place like Hawaii. Is you just go out and like, so no seaweed? Oh, really? Yeah. They don't have seaweed there. No. That's weird. And if so, it's different kind of seaweed. It's not that crap. It's just like <laughs> it's high it's class, pleasant and it's high nice. class seaweed. I'm sure there's some kind of thing you'd call seaweed. They call it seagrass there. In fact, it's, it's just not even a weed. It's just lovely. Sea lawn. Yeah, it was like when uh, when I was a little kid and I went to my first like warm ocean, which was the Bahamas. We went to the Bahamas okay. once, what? and like the idea of like, okay, we're gonna go walk out into the ocean, and I'm like, oh boy, because you know, my as a kid, you yeah. walking out in the ocean is this. I, oh, and, you know, you'll be okay in, like, three minutes when your body warms yeah, yeah, up to yeah, sure. the freezing water. It actually goes the opposite, but anyway. Oh, okay. You don't warm up to the water. <laughs> what is, well, it feels the warmer. The water's not warmer than you. It feels warmer. <laughs> yeah, and then you go, I'm just yeah, going to yeah. take a little nap in the snow. Yeah. And it's going to be fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah. Uh, but with that, it was just like, wait a minute, the, warm, the water's just comfortable to walk into? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? And then you walk out there and just swim, and it's beautiful. And then you put your head out of the water, and there's all these fish, and it's beautiful. And it's like, oh, it's just amazing. And not creepy fish, like the kind you get like in uh, White Rock. It's like just a, a fish with a knife. <laughs> Hoodlum fish. One that's got a syringe in his mouth. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. Why are we doing? Why are we here? <laughs> Let's go get fish and chips and leave. Yeah. We're putting those hoodlum fish to good use. Mm-hmm. Have you ever uh, warm water swam, like uh, been in someplace tropical? No, I never have been to anywhere warm in my mm. life. 
Is that by choice or just never end up happening? I mean, I'm not all that interested in those places, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Like, I'm not, I don't know. Not like, down with comfort? <laughs> that's right. It's, I'm against it. If I can't be suffering, I feel like I'm, that's not, right. I'm not. It's not. I right want that nice, cold Orkney uh, water. And <laughs> oh yeah, I've been in that water. Yeah, that is cold water. Yeah, that's cold water. I don't. I mean, when you're a kid, you can you'll you'll put up with any amount of pain and suffering to swim. Sure, sure, I mean, sure. I did anyway. Yeah, I, swimming is worth, uh, and that's why we would go to the beach. It would yeah. still be like it's still the beach. It's still yeah, it's still fun. Yeah, still having a good time. It just. You know, it's you, stabby and terrible. <laughs> I don't think it was that bad, but um, yeah, no. When I was a kid, I just thought it was fine. Now I'm not so into it, but I mean, I, I don't mind swimming. I don't mind, you know, jumping in a lake. So, what's unappealing to you about Hawaii? So you've got a beach there. It's beautiful um, sand. Yeah, uh, and you could just walk into the water and you could swim. You could swim out as far as you want. It's mm-hmm. nice. Uh, it's uh, really comfortable. Lots to see. Uh, why is that unappealing to you? That's not a thing you'd like to do. No thanks. You say this warm, yeah. not too warm too. It's not scaldingly crazily hot. Yeah, it's actually it's pretty it's pretty good. Uh, but what's unappealing to you about that? I don't know. Yeah, it's just not a place I've ever thought to visit. I think because I like a cultural vacation. Okay. Like I want to go to a place where I can go to museums and look at paintings and okay and things like see like see art that I've seen pictures of but have never seen in, in, okay. in person. But that's what I like. So it feels like Hawaii does not have much of that to offer me. Well, it doesn't have a European culture, but it definitely has its own culture. Sure, it has its own culture, back. but what I mean is that, yeah, yeah. I want to take, you know, I want to put my Western also, Civ uh, yeah, when I go education to, to work. Yeah, when I go to Honolulu, like Honolulu, I say when I go to Honolulu, I very rarely do and haven't gone for <laughs> a long, long time. Yeah. But uh, when I've gone, though, the other thing that I like about it, and I always say this is, you know, I'm facing this direction and it's the ocean. Yeah. And it's like, this is all nature. And all I can see is nature and that's all I can see. Mm-hmm. And I can walk out and I can swim out as far as I want. And then the ocean goes forever and it's like, oh, nature, let me turn around. Oh, a major American city <laughs> with all the major American city shit that I like. Because yeah. it's a novelty for me to go to a major American city. Sure. So, you know, I'm going to go to a supermarket and see the crazy amount of cereals. I'm going to go to a mall and and see these stores I've only, like, you know, heard about really and see what this is all about. And, yeah, there isn't as much, you know, paintings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But unless you are going for Hawaiian historical things, in which case they do have quite a bit of that, and that's very cool. But, you know, it's got all that city stuff that I like as well. And sometimes... Uh, my wife was talking about like let's go to one of the smaller islands. It's like that's good, but then you know you get less of the city stuff, and I yeah. like the city stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, sure. Because you know I like I like cities, <laughs> but I also like a nice ocean. So to me, that was like it's just the best of both worlds. And then you go on like a little tour, and someone tells you where like Jim Neighbors used to live, and it's like oh that's neat to me too. <laughs> yeah, I, you know I have nothing I have nothing against those places. Uh, mm-hmm. You know I would. I, <sighs> I would say I would I would have a hard time believing that you would go to say Hawaii and and come back and go. Ugh. <laughs> I'm sure I would enjoy it. I'm sure I would enjoy. It. It's just you know you have limited entertainment budget. Yeah, you know maybe there's something I, as well too about like going out for a swim mm. and seeing a giant turtle and just going shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, this is where they live. This mm. is their situation. This is where they shit. Yeah. This is where they shit. <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> We got bad news about everything in the ocean. That is where it ships. And just to remind you. Yeah, nothing really comes out of the ocean too. to poop and then goes back. <laughs> so comfortable there. Why do they want to leave? 
remember like yeah we went to hanuma bay and it's kind of a preserve and okay. they have a list there of the sharks that are active that day i see and to me like as a if i was a kid yeah. like i was the kid version of me that yeah. would be done I'm not going in that ocean ever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they got the... And it's like, not really. There's not... The hammerheads aren't really out that much. And and these are the ones... These are the only ones that'll really eat you. And it's like, well, what do you mean the only ones? But they're there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can look out and that's where they are. Yes. And those are the ones that eat people. Yes. And we're all going in for a swim. Yes. Okie doke. That's how we are. Yeah, fine, fine, fine. But they won't bother you because they're full. (laughs) Well, they've bitten off the arms of uh, surfers. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. But just the arms, because you're like, come yeah. on, just makes them cooler. <laughs> be a soul surfer. I'll say, I'll say, though, the reason that you know that story is because that's a rare story. If they bit off the arms of surfers a lot, yeah. you wouldn't know that specific well, person. Now we don't hear about it because we, that, Too that, done? that woman's stolen all the, the attention. The yeah. Glory hog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I'm quite certain I would enjoy. But, you know, like, well, I mean, I'm sort of, um, you know, I am married to, uh, oh, my wife really likes, his re- family is really important to Lisa. So, okay. you know, going to England, like, even if I would say something like, oh, we should go to Belgium, let's say this imaginary, we should go to Belgium. She'll be like, yeah, that'd be cool. And then we can go to England. No, we're going to Belgium. Like, we don't need to, like lose four days of her trip traveling to get to england and then you know like but she just can't resist it because to her yeah. it's just like oh we gotta go see family you know does family come to see you they have come okay usually they come at least once we've had most everyone that i know has come and some have come before i knew lisa to visit you know but yeah they've come they haven't gone as much as we, we have, have a surprising amount it's of- the usual thing right yeah basically canada is the alder grove to England's Vancouver. And it's easy for our friends to think that we should come from all the way from Aldergrove to Vancouver. Uh, okay, all right. But it's harder to get Vancouver friends to leave Vancouver and come to Aldergrove. Because mm-hmm. people in Vancouver are like, well, of course they want to leave Aldergrove and come to Vancouver. What the hell is there to do in Aldergrove? You know, obviously, everyone should come to Vancouver. So you're like, okay, we'll just go to Vancouver. That's fine. I understand. But that's just, you know, so that's England's attitude yeah. to us, right? Why would I want to go to, Van- to Canada? Yeah, we have uh, Australians that would drop over uh, they were our relatives, and uh, and it would just be days of them sleeping. <laughs> That's just, that would be a hard trip to make for sure. Yeah, it's it's you know at least three days of just pure. Yeah, and it's like wait, just stay up, stay up. Yeah, we're that's my sink, recommendation we're too. Sink up with this, and yeah. it's just like. Yeah, mate, we can't. It was uh, cool. <laughs> all right. And then it's like, all right, time to, you know, it's like, it's three in the morning. What's to do? I don't know. Yeah. Go look at raccoons outside. Actually, that was a shame. Uh, we had a friend uh, who came here, and that was the one thing she wanted to see was raccoons. Okay. Didn't see any raccoons. No, no, no. Took no, her to no. Stanley Park. Not Drove a... around, tried to find raccoons. Couldn't find any raccoons. You only find them. her like a piece of bread. Didn't work. <laughs> seagulls attack that was it, <laughs> that was it. Just yeah. got taken up taken but away she, by seagulls she wanted to see wild raccoons so much mm-hmm. it was like well just hang out in the backyard they'll they'll show up those kind of wild if they live in the city i think so yeah okay i don't know try to pet one see how wild they are <laughs> <laughs> see how tame they are yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good point if they bite off your finger they're not they're not tame yeah that's that's a good that's a good system i'll use that from now on that's yeah, the call the finger rule. That's Do you right. still have your finger? Why are you, why are you missing three fingers, Dave? I've met three raccoons, and I, let me tell you, none of them were tame. 
<laughs> I tested. You know what? I blame that TV show, The Raccoons, <laughs> for teaching kids that raccoons are nice. No, they're not nice. They're just doing their raccoon business. That's what they're doing. Yeah, they're not nice. They're not mean. They're just raccoons. That's right. You can't, like... By the way, that's every animal. Yeah. There's no such thing as a nice animal. There's sure. no such thing as a mean animal. Yeah. There's just animals. I mean, I will stop raccoons from eating our chickens. Yes. But I'm not mad at the raccoon. I know it's a You're raccoon. You're just disappointed. So that's that. You sit him down and go, like, I'm, not <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And you, yeah. And he looks all shamefaced. And I don't want to disappoint you guys. I, you know, I've been off chickens for quite a while. And uh, I, got a, I got a badge here, you know, one year without chickens. I guess I got to get rid of that. Damn it. Do you mind if I go wash my hands? I'm like, no, go ahead. <laughs> Wait, he's got out of the bathroom window. He's going <laughs> to the chickens, chickens again. <laughs> got us. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, why'd we trust him? Why'd we trust him? <laughs> we should stop having these raccoon interventions. <laughs> They're actually wild animals. Yeah. And the raccoon <laughs> intervention is you and just a bunch of crows and seagulls, like sitting in the living room, like, well, this was a bad idea on every level. <laughs> That's right. The crow, I had a long letter to read to the raccoon. Yeah. And the, the seagull was like, I was told there'd be fries. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I bring out the fries, no one's going to pay attention to anything else. <laughs> We're gonna. We'll get to the fries. Fries. I'm like, no. We'll get to the fries. <laughs> yeah. I would like to hear that letter though. That the crow is gonna. Read. <laughs> you never read it. The raccoon didn't show up. Instructions for a Maytag washing machine. <laughs> right. You just found that. No, I wrote it. No, you didn't. You found that in a box. <laughs> yes. You lying crow. Man, we had a quite the crow o'clock the other day. Oh, what happened? At our house. Oh, oh. just so many crows. It was like 10 minute long flyby of crows. Uh, it's quite, quite amazing. We're having, uh, yeah, whenever I'm uh, swimming now at night, uh, it's a goose town. Okay. Just <laughs> large amounts of like V's of geese that okay. just come by and they're fly. Getting to, they're getting ready to go. Maybe I guess. they're practicing, yeah. They're <laughs> rehearsing for their eventual departure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty amazing. I, I used to. I remember reading this book for Mary. It was called like Black Crow Sky or something like that. It was just about like, or Blackbird Sky or something. It was just about like a long time ago, like say in the 30s or whatever, when there would just be like miles of birds would just darken the sky going, hmm. going. And then I guess, you know, humans being fucking assholes, we're like, you know, we got to get rid of these birds. They're making a big mess. So let's poison them. And so then it all stopped because you killed all, they, killed all, they killed all the birds. Hopefully when you're watching like this wonderful like, river of crows flying over our house you know on a on a summer night sitting on the back deck and you're just like oh this is so amazing people aren't aren't going like you know we should poison these birds and (laughs) it's just hard to know right like when i'm driving around i'm driving i'm looking at like fields and i'm like oh it's so beautiful i just love the farmland around here and there's some other guy driving around he's looking and going man this would be so perfect place for like apartment buildings like if you just yeah. put a bunch of apartment buildings here, or like, oh, this would be excellent work place for warehouses because you know the, the major road over here and bump, you know, and it's like you don't know what people are thinking because they just everyone has different stuff that they want from life, I guess. Yeah, I remember going to the ferry. Uh, one, not the not the main thing, but the, another one. Uh, <laughs> what the Horseshoe Bay one? Yeah, I guess uh, not the Horseshoe Bay one, but the other one. Oh, that's uh, a major one then. Schwartz Bay, you mean? Like, okay. I mean, sorry, uh, going to Tawasson. Okay, let's go with that. It's one of them. Anyway, so we're driving uh, there, All right. uh, and uh, and 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 you see an eagle, and like, oh man, it's a beautiful eagle, mm. so gorgeous. And we see another eagle, like, oh, that one's beautiful too. And you see five eagles, You're like, hmm, that's a lot of eagles. <laughs> and you see like uh, about seven more eagles. Yeah. I'm getting creeped out by all these. And then you see like there's so many freaking eagles. And you're yeah, like, yeah. no, these guys are, 
I don't like this is like a Jurassic Park situation now, <laughs> you know. And yeah. I, I respect them, and they're all uh, beautiful, and they're all amazing. But uh, that many uh, uh, birds of prey uh, can creep you out. Mm. In time you're like, I'm glad I'm in a car. I would not want to be walking here because at some point one of those eagles is just going to go. Yeah, we could just eat that guy, and no one will fucking know. Like, and no one will tell anything. We'll just like fly him away, eat him, and uh, done. I don't know if an eagle is considered uh, a bird of prey. Oh. Because they'll eat carrion. Will an eagle eat carrion? Oh, yeah. They'll go hang around dumps and stuff like that. Okay. Like a hawk won't. A hawk will only eat a, uh, like a live kill. But an eagle will just eat any kind of garbage it finds laying around. It's, they're like giant crows, basically. Okay. According to birdlife.org, yeah. uh, eagles are large birds of prey. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I guess so they still, they still get that nomenclature, even though they'll eat garbage. Yeah. And if you go to the dump, there's eagles there. And why is an eagle called a bird of prey? Uh, a bird of prey is a bird such as an eagle or a hawk that kills and each other, eats other birds and animals. Oh, okay. So that's all it takes. Mm. You know, they can eat a they can eat like an old Snickers yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. And they don't lose their uh, credit credits. Yeah, I'm more of a hawk guy. I like hawks. How are you? I love their cry. Okay. I love their cry. More of a hawk fella, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I used to think eagles are pretty cool. Name three I... hawks then. What? Hawks? What do you mean? Yeah, you like hawks? A Name red three. Tail, red tail hawk. Uh, yeah, yeah, come on. I got nothing Yeah, else. bullshit. <laughs> guy doesn't, the guy's not a fan of hawks. Well, I can't <laughs> Check this guy out. I can't name that many Mr. No, no, uh, no fan. I probably could name uh, more bald. eagles. Yeah, golden. Uh, uh, comb over. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just uh, the, the hair on the sides. <laughs> yes, that's right. Those three types of eagles. <laughs> Isn't that also bald? Uh, legal. Legal eagles. Oh, legal eagles. Okay, yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. One more than me. My, <laughs> I feel bad about that. I'm bad, going to uh, bad about what I'm go- uh, you know uh, calling you on that. I'm going to give you a bit of uh, Beatles trivia. Okay, just to make you feel better. Some pressure on me. Yeah, everything's going to be fine now. Here we go. Anxiety. I'm randomly reaching into uh, the thing of uh, Beatles. Okay, uh, trivia here. And uh, okay, so I'm just going to ask you all the questions in, in a row. Okay, which Beatle entered Abbey Road Studios for the first time in uh, September uh, 1962? Which Beatle? Yeah. Entered Abbey Road's studio for the first time in September 1962. Only one of them entered for the first time in 1962. Who was it? Was Beatle? Was it, was it John? That would be Ringo. Oh. Okay. Oh, maybe he recorded uh, something else before. I think so, yeah. Beatle. That's okay. the thing. Uh, which image was removed from Sgt. Pepper cover after he demanded payment? Oh, of I know what they're saying because Ringo wasn't a member of the Beatles when they first oh, started recording. Okay. Very when good. they first met George Martin. Shoot. Okay, what was the next one, sorry? Okay, here we go. Uh, what image was removed from the Sgt. Pepper cover after the uh, artist, or, or after, sorry, after uh, he demanded uh, payment of $500? Some, something was removed from the Sgt. Pepper cover because of the uh, payment of... Uh, oh, I used to know this. Who is it? Uh, Leo Gorsi of oh, the Dead End Kids. Dead End Kids, yes. What monthly magazine uh, was issued uh, in conjunction with the British Beatles fan club? Beatles Monthly? Uh, the Beatles Book. Oh, Beatles Book. All right. In I Am the Walrus, who laughs at uh, choking smokers? Um, oh, darn it. Lyrics. Now you're getting me. Um, a clue is it rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Who laughs at them? The Joker. Oh, the Joker laughs at them. Joker laughs at choking smokers. <laughs> what song did Paul and Linda contribute to the album Ringo? Oh, my God. I don't know. Six o'clock. Oh, nice. 
Do you know the Beatles at all? No, I don't. I feel bad. <laughs> I'm going to give you one more go uh, after okay. this because I think you need uh, uh, okay. another round. All right. All right. In Help, yep. uh, the laser cutting the floor towards the Beatles okay. is a parody of a scene from what movie? Uh, I guess it would be Goldfinger. I would assume so as well. Yeah. yeah, it has to be Goldfinger. What else could it possibly be? All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay. I think every one of the first questions is always one of the Beatles. And it's a one in four shot. <laughs> yes, so here there we go. You go. Which Beatle dressed as a woman uh, when the group performed uh, a bit of Shakespeare for a British TV special? I'm going to guess John. You're right. What song on Let It Be Naked features only three Beatles? That would be I Me Mine. That is correct. Because John was not there for the final recording. What year was that recorded, by the way? I Me Mine, 69? No, 70, I guess. 70 is correct. Yeah, and who was missing? John. Very good. All right. After uh, first hearing Love Me Do, mm-hmm. uh, why did George Martin reassign the singing of the Love Me Do refrain at the end of each verse from John to Paul? Oh, because John was playing the harmonica as well. That is correct. Prevented him from saying which word? Do. That is correct. See, you're much better at this one. This is good. <laughs> this depends on the questions, I guess. What color is the sea in Yellow Submarine? What color is the sea in Yellow? Is it? The green sea is yeah. one? Yeah. The sea of green. The sea of green, yeah. Yeah, it was good that you repeated it, because that's how it goes. Uh, <laughs> what is the subtitle to John's song, Instant Karma? What is the s- subtitle to the song, Instant Karma? Instant Karma. Oh, what is it? We all shine on. We all shine on. Shoot. I knew I knew it, but I didn't know it. All right. Who played... Mm? This is a, a movie question. Okay, yeah. Who played a television film director... A mad scientist. Yeah, Victor Spinetti. And then, oh, and I'll finish the question. An army sergeant in the various Beatles films. Sorry, it was Victor Spinetti. I'm sorry <laughs> that you got that right. There we go. All right. See, you always know some, but... Yeah, I mean, probably, like, in 2014, I could have answered those questions. Like, not necessarily all of them. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have known Six O'Clock from, for the, Ring, the Ringo album. I know that John Lennon... Gave I Am the Greatest on that album. But that's a great song. I don't remember Six O'Clock from that album very well. It's funny, just the things that you know, like, without... Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so much of that knowledge now is, has gone away. What's You know, I've just kept what's important to me. Yep. The rest of it can go. Like, yep. all the various sound effects, where they came from, like, doesn't well, really matter. That's why they call it trivial pursuit. <laughs> exactly. And not important shit you should know pursuit. <laughs> It, like you never pick up a pure pursuit uh, thing and it goes, "What's your blood type?" <laughs> I don't actually know that. Yeah, who's your emergency contact? Mm, yeah. uh, important question. What number should you call in case of fire? <laughs> that, that's right. How do you stop a person from choking if a Heimlich isn't appropriate? <laughs> like, mm. should you push down? Should you push up in their throat? Neither. The answer is neither. Do not neither. Oh really? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not sure either. I knew once upon a time. Um, you took a basic first aid thing when I was uh, younger. Yeah. Uh, as part of like swimming, and mm-hmm. it was that. And then they had another day where they just showed you a whole bunch of the basic things, and then whoosh, out it went because you know uh, they made me give mouth to mouth to a girl, and uh, now I've forgotten everything. <laughs> That'll happen. That'll happen. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I feel awkward, and I'm mm-hmm. in a bathing suit. I don't want any of this to... This oh, is it was the first aid. It was like life, uh, lifeguard yeah. first aid. Yeah. Yeah, I did that class, too. I had to give mouth to mouth to a girl. Because there was only me and four, three other girls in the class. Yep. So it could be any guy-on-guy action. 
Yeah. Strictly girls. So you got to do the creepy thing of like uh, doing that uh, banaka spray in your mouth and go, tss, tss, two of those. I'm like, who's this guy? This guy's coming across like a cartoon rooster. I don't like him at all. And then they'd uh, do the uh, thing about, okay, now uh, you got to be in uh, some all, all your clothes. Okay. And now you got to like uh, get undressed under the, under the water. Like, why? And it was because uh, you could turn your clothes into flotation devices. I see. Yes. So you take your pants, you tie them into a knot, Mm -hmm. uh, you go up, you go whoosh, and now you got uh, something you're floating in. Same with your shirt. Tie your shirt sleeves together, whoosh, there you go. But like just pulling your shirt over your head underwater is just such a creepy thing. Mm. Yeah. Because the fish are watching. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, nice nice work, no gills. Shut up. (laughs) So what I have, no gills. Hey, nice way to not have gills. How do you breathe underwater? I guess you don't, loser. Oh, I hate you fish so much. That's why I don't like swimming in the ocean. <laughs> I don't, do eels have gills? I guess they must have some kind of mechanism. I would assume so, yeah. yeah. How else know. would they breathe? I don't know anything about eels. Do they have a little snorkel? I was giving away all my eel. I mean, Trivial Pursuit eels, I would do even worse than the Beatles one. Okay, name three eel songs. <laughs> what, the band, the eels? Yeah. God damn, it's a beautiful day. Or <laughs> Mr. E's Beautiful Blues, actually, is what it's called. Um, I don't know. Okay. That's it. Oh, it's a monster. It's a it's a motherfucker. There you go. That's fine. I'm naming all the ones from Daisies of the Galaxy because I don't know. That's fine. They count. I wish there was a Walmart version of that album, and and it's a motherfucker was called It's a Monster Trucker, which I wish I'd (laughs) I wish I'd known that. I mean, did know that, but there was no Walmart up here at that time. It would have had to drive down to the states to try and find it. So it's when when they were doing that thing where they were changing uh, things from swears. Mm -hmm. You were just like. you you're just like well what's walmart stand for like what's 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 the swear version of that since you're changing everything yeah 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 well shart (laughs) okay something yeah that's what i meant yeah i I took uh more recently than you i took a first aid class for work yeah you're the first aid guy at work right i am a first aid guy at work but i found the class to be very unhelpful because it tends it seems to concentrate more on like really severe situations which, which you should know right shake hands with dangerous situations I, yeah but you don't really deal with that very often at work you would more deal with like cuts and scrapes and things like that which i would much rather have like a smattering of knowledge of what to do with like a deep gougy cut that someone gets sure you know should you like at what level do you send them for for stitches let's say right just things like that are more practical to me than like heart attacks or a person falling from a, a scaffolding or something which you know, could obviously happen, but it's way less that you deal with that than you deal with this regular, like run run of the mill, yeah, yeah. cuts and scrapes. Do you and have like an urgent and... care someplace nearby your uh, work? We don't. Like, where would you send them if uh, there was something going on? Um, well, we'd have to send them to walk walk in or to the ER. Okay. Vitamin, Is there an ER nearby? Not too close. Not really. They'd have to go into Langley. Okay. That'd be the closest one. It's about a twenty minute drive. Mm. Well, no, it's Langley. About a half an hour drive. No, wait, forty minutes. <laughs> okay. What depends what time of the day it is. To be honest, because you don't get stitches at a walk-in clinic, do you, you can. Yep. Okay. I've had I've had that one time when I was coming here. Actually, I was late because I needed I had to go get stitches before I came. Because you were my, snitching, right? I was snitching, and someone cut me, <laughs> cut me up. Well, it's fair. You've heard. I know. I had I heard all the news, and I still <laughs> snitched. Yeah. And I I was kicking myself about it ever since. I thought it was. To be honest with you, I thought it said snitches. Right. Snitches get stitches. Even by the way, telling yeah. this story again, you're probably going to need more stitches. Oh man. <laughs> Better not go to work. But yeah, so I, I was doing something and I was like, and I rubbed my arm along a piece of sharp metal. 
and I did this big long four inch yeah. gash in my arm and at first I was kind of like I'm fine and then I just was this like endless endless blood loss so I said oh I guess I better so we put some uh ban- you know put a bandage on yes. like a wrap on direct it. pressure and then I went drove into did uh, you have to drive yourself mm-hmm. with your wound yeah because uh, no one else can drive you so either way yeah you're not allowed to be driven by someone else because the company can't take responsibility for what might happen to you if you're a passenger and someone's driving you and there's an accident or something like that wait a second okay so you get a, ga- a gouge on your arm yeah you're, you're... so you either have to call the ambulance okay to come and take you to the clinic or to er obviously then right or just make your own way there okay wait but can't you okay yeah cut on the arm yeah got some blood yeah put it put a thing on yeah can't call a cab Oh, can't I guess call you could, an Uber. Yeah, you could call a cab. Okay, you can call someone yeah, else. Yeah, though. yeah, Okay, yeah. all right, good. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh my God, that is a terrible policy of just like oh, you're yeah, bleeding no. out. I was like, yeah, no, no. I'm sorry, but you have to drive yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, this I mean, is our I was, safety policy. I was bleeding, but it was, it was, I wasn't bleeding because there was a bandage on it and I was fine to drive myself. Right, okay. Yeah, I wasn't like in that state of, yeah, that I couldn't, couldn't do anything. Okay. So, yeah. And it's hard to know, like, as, as first aid, like, we, we did actually, I had one of the guys recently like gouged around quite badly. Yeah. And I said to them, you know, you might think about, you may want to get stitches. And, you know, I guess I should have been more forceful, like, go get stitches. Because <laughs> then he was kind of like, oh, okay. And then you worked the rest of the day. Because it was just, it bandaged up and it was fine. Sure. But it was like a very deep gouge. And I was a bit worried about it. And I used some butterfly bandages on it just to kind of keep it together and then put some, put a bandage over that. And then after work, he, he went to a, some walking, he went to look for a walking clinic, but he said, oh, there were, the ones in my neighborhood were all closed. And so I said, oh, so you went to the ER? And he goes, no, I, this, uh, I don't want to wait. So I was like, okay. So I looked at his cut and I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's too late to get it, the stitches. So I guess we'll just have to keep cleaning it for the next couple of days. Here's why the, it actually looks fine now, though. Okay. It actually looks quite It's quite still good. good to go to the ER because like, if, you're, if your whole thing is like, you know, I don't want to wait, okay. Let them tell you that it's going to be a long wait. Because mm-hmm. then you get to make the choice. Yeah. But if you walk in and they take a look and go like, oh, this is on an artery mm. and you're going to die. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. there's certain places on your body if you get a cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just let a professional <laughs> make this, uh, make look at it and yeah. go like, hey, you know, this is going to be like a 10 hour wait. Sure. So yeah, you're right. It's your it's your call whether you want to do this or go to you know your family doctor or like a walking clinic tomorrow. That's fine, but uh, just uh, check with the professionals because they're not going to say to you, uh, "We're not letting you go." Well, they might if it's really bad and you're going to die. Yeah. But again, if that's the case, then you should stay. <laughs> There's really no lose for you. Yeah. There. Yeah. You still get to make that do I want to wait choice or not. But every time I've gone to an ER in the last uh, while, and unfortunately there's been a couple this year, uh, there's there is always like a, a debaters in the in the waiting room, just like I shouldn't be here. There's no reason for this. Hmm. We don't need to do that. I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, just just get yeah. checked out. Like they're gonna be. It's like li- they're gonna check you out and mm. then see. Yeah, and then just just ask a professional. Since you're here, you're in the room. You're in the room. Wait. Yeah, you know. I mean, I understand. We all hate the we all hate the hospitals. I hate the hospitals. Everyone hates the hospitals. They know that. <laughs> I'm indifferent. Are you indifferent? They seem quite helpful. Okay, because it seems like it's a hard thing to convince you to go to a doctor. Well, I only go if I need to. I went to a doctor. I was this, yeah. at a doctor two weeks ago. Oh, understood. But it seems like you know when whenever you, there was a period of time where you were coming into the office, not office, you were coming into the Hell Kitty Studios, and mm. you'd have like a new wound every so often. <laughs> yeah. And every one of those stories were like, eh, I didn't wanna. 
They yeah. want to go to the doctor. They want to check sure. this out. And so like, well, you know, because of the cost, because it's free, <laughs> yeah. go, go check it out. Go get checked out. Check I, out and see if that's a thing that you need to get checked out. I mean, if I thought it was... You use your body for things. I, if I thought it was... was deserving of being examined by a right, doctor. Right, right, and you're a go. doctor, so you'd know. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. I can tell. I can, I, hey, I'm first aid, so I would consider myself slightly Christ. a step above a doctor, actually. And even even doctors don't 100% know. There's been so many times, you know, one doctor said one thing, another said the opposite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I've told this story a thousand times, but I, I always tell it because it's like, oof, this is just good to know. It's like, I went with my wife to, uh, to a doctor, and uh, she got checked out because she was having... Yeah, a bit of a pain, and the guy went, oh, it's your gallbladder. You're going to have to get that removed. Oh, really? And we've had friends who have had their gallbladders removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, oh, boy, that's a, oh, jeez. And then we just went, you know what? Let's, and we went to that one because it was like right next to our house. Mm. And we were like, you know what? Let's go to our regular doctor and just get a second opinion on this. And we went to, we went to them, and, uh, and they went like, what were you doing uh, today? I was working. Oh, were you bending over? Yeah. All right. Show me how you were bending over. Yeah. Does it hurt when I poke you here? Yeah. Yeah. That's because you were bending over too much. That's what it was. <laughs> it's not the fucking gallbladder at all. It was just like you were you were in the wrong position for too long and your yeah. muscles tensed up and there we go. But yeah, the other guy. The doctor has quite a mouth. Yeah. The uh, yeah. F- fuck. <laughs> he, 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 he would swear. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He was a he was a really good doctor. That guy. I like yeah. I like him a lot. Uh. But yeah, the other guy. He was just like trained to like look for gallbladder shit that was his thing okay. so like you know first thing he saw you know uh my wife went just like yeah she's got gallbladder mm. yeah that's it gallbladder and not even like half a thing about like what do you do for a living what, what, yeah. what goes on let me get some background from you no time for that mm, gallbladder we gotta take that fucker <laughs> out uh, see he was a swearer as well yeah <laughs> that's a technical term it's latin yeah that fucker but yeah we have a we have another friend uh who who you know uh, who's a friend of ours from Seattle? And yeah, he's got a gallbladder out, and yeah, that's not a fun thing. Mm. You don't want that if you can avoid it. Keep no your gallbladder, I, if you can. If you can, yeah, I had lost a, one of my one of my customers' clients. I guess when I was a, a horseshoer, she went in for gallbladder surgery and died on the table. Oh my! Just God. like that. Oh Just my gone. God. Well, any surgery is any you know can can be that, but Jesus, that's awful. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, she's a really nice person, and uh, it's one of the things where you like you know I trimmed her horse like a couple of days before she went in so you're just like well i'll see you in a couple months and blah 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 and it's sort of the thing is you just never know the last time you'll see someone yeah you know it's amazing so yeah so her husband called me and he's to tell me the news but he told me like like it feels like he phoned me to make an appointment for me to come and chew the horses and also or to trim the horses and then she he told me that you know his wife had died and, as an aside yeah and i was kind of like oh i would have liked to go to the funeral but i guess i guess that's out of the question now because it's already happened steve that Oh, boo. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's on me. I wasn't perusing the uh, the obits in the paper. Yeah. I mean, the thing you can always do, and I'm not saying, you know, yeah. But uh, something when when you miss that kind of thing, there's always a thing in the paper where it's, it says in lieu of flowers, mm-hmm. you know, can make a donation to whatever this cause is sure. or whatever in their name. And that's something that can always, like, be a thing you can do. If you're like, ah, oh, damn it, I didn't. Mm. Yeah. But there's always something like that. Sure. And, and and you're like, well, what about flowers? No, in lieu of flowers. What about flowers? <laughs> so anti-flowers. I hate flowers so much. Uh, I've kind of felt that way until um, Lisa's mom died. And it was actually really nice to have all these flowers in the house. Oh. After she passed. Like, that is nice. Yeah, it's like, 
people send all these flowers and you're just kind of surrounded by them and you're like this is actually really pretty and kind of kind of nice makes you feel a little better yeah i'm, I'm married to a finn and uh or someone with a finnish background yeah and uh, my god they know their way around flowers <laughs> like for all these occasions yeah yeah it's at, like i'm the guy who like will look up I don't know, FTD, mm-hmm. happy birthday, bouquet, yeah, that's sure. fine. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, but wait, you got to have this and that. Or this represents this and this represents, oh, my God. It's good to have them, you know, my Finnish family members. But I, I know nothing of this at all. Maybe that's a Northern European thing, because I, I know when I studied German that that was mentioned, that Germans, you know, I'm, it's hard to know. Like, when you're reading a book like that, of course... You often feel like, am I finding what the latest sort of German culture or some fifty-year-old culture? You know, it's kind of like when you read a a book. I remember reading this book of Portuguese book teaching Port, uh, English to Portuguese speakers. Okay, and I was using words like chaps and stuff like that, and you're like, what? What century is this from? <laughs> but um, it was saying in this book that that German I'm people. I'm sorry to hear about your polio. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, it's going to. Uh, they said German people love to have like uh, table settings with flowers and stuff like that, and they'll go to the market every day and get yeah, flowers. It's a big, blah, it's blah, a blah. big deal. Yeah, so I guess I guess that's good. Yeah, I know nothing of nothing. And then when I get uh, yeah, we have other uh, friends who are also Finnish background. You get them all together. Oh, so much flower talk. <laughs> and if some flowers are hanging up, then you can discuss those flowers as well. Oh, flowers I, are very nice. I, I know I, nothing from nothing. I'm not going to complain. Yeah, I don't know if I should talk about this. One of the things at work that um, kind of bothers me, like as a first aid person, that kind of bothers me is the, and I was I was probably part of this, a big part of this before I became a first aid person, which is this idea of like, oh, just work through it, or just you know, you you, what do you mean you're bleeding from the nose? <laughs> it's fine. Just get to work, and you know, like don't be a baby. You know, that kind of like, you know, you know, uh, suck it up buttercup culture. North American culture. Yeah, I guess. Those, Very not European culture. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, yeah. Or uh, at least, you know, maybe in the mines. <laughs> the mi- in the mines of Moria, they were much more suck it up buttercup. Or more suck it up butter glarvin. I don't know. I need dwarf names. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, but it is like, it does kind of permeate the, uh, you know, your work culture. This idea of like, oh, you know, like... What what's that big baby? You weren't feeling well today? Oh, maybe maybe you should just like come to work anyway and like do some hard work, like instead of being a wimp, <laughs> sitting home like a baby, a big baby. And it's just a weird like. It just seems like the wrong thing to say to yeah. people because oh, unless of course yeah they are a big baby. Well, like, literally a they, gigantic baby. They are. Yeah, <laughs> that was a problem we did have for a while. A giant baby that was constantly pooping its giant <laughs> giant. <laughs> Giant diapers. What, are you a big baby? Yeah. Oh, he is a big baby. He is a big baby. Oh, my God. He shouldn't be on this. He shouldn't site. be doing this. Especially because he's only wearing diapers and doesn't have any safety clothes on. Yeah. Is this a Harvey comic? It feels like it's a Harvey comic. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it's just, this, you know, and you wonder why, like, a guy didn't, like, leave and go get stitches. He's probably thinking, like, well, I've already got in trouble because I tried to take a day off because I was sunburned. So. Where did, yeah, it, it, it. The, uh, you're a big baby. Uh, I had my, my neighbor drop by last night and, okay. uh, we were talking and he was talking about his job Yeah, and, uh, he was complaining a little bit about his job. I'm like, I shouldn't complain about my job though. You mm. know, someone's just gonna be like, oh, will you a big baby? And just like, no, you're allowed to complain about your job. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. I'm just wondering where this like big baby mentality of just like, <laughs> who's the person who originally called you a big baby that we've yeah. got this so locked in our heads yeah. that the worst thing you can be called is just like, 
oh, wah, wah, you're a big complaining baby. Yeah. You know, where, where'd that come from? Where's that? Where's the well, root, from, where's the root it of came, this? It came, this is, here's, here's the thing. It came from people acting like big babies. Okay. And so people said, you're acting like a big baby. And they went, oh, okay, I guess I am being a big baby. Because sometimes people do act like big babies. I'm not talking sure, about sure. like being hurt at work and not wanting to work. Right. I'm talking about like being like taking stuff way too personally. There was a there was a um, a tweet. Yeah. Uh, someone I knew uh, put together uh, recently, and it was a uh, like someone had said, you know, people nowadays they just don't want to work for a living. That's the problem. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe that's the case. And then they had like a, <laughs> a, a someone saying that in like 2,000 people these days just don't want to yeah, work yeah. for a living. And that was like bit the of 90s. A bit of a meme. Yeah. 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 And it was like, and it went on and went on for like uh, up until like the turn of the century, last century yeah. as well. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, this is pe- the shit that people say. It's yeah. bullshit. It's not true. Sure. But like, it's just something that, that we say. So, you know, is that the case that people are being babies now? Or were they all, is, is it always been the same? Is it? I well, mean, there's okay. Here's don't my, like to, from my experience at work. Yeah. You can hire people. Yeah. Who want to work, like yeah. do the job. I don't sure, know what sure. I mean. Like work 20 hours overtime, just do their job. Right. And then you'll get other people who could fucking give a shit about now, it. Now, to be and, quite clear, you work in a warehouse and yeah. it's a, uh, a garage door warehouse. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a big physical element to the job. Totally. But I mean, that's t- talked about up front. Like, right. you know, when people are hired, they're, they get to walk around and they get told what they'll be doing. Right. And, you know, you'll be lifting these and you'll be toting these barges and lifting these bales. Right. And... And so they have like a, I mean, no one knows exactly what they're in for, but people yeah. have like kind of a that's, general that's idea. That's what I wondered. Like, yeah. so, okay. So if you're uh, one of these guys, yeah. um, do most of them, have most of them come from a similar job background and so they're aware of what they're going to be getting into? Or is it one of these, I just got to get a job. It doesn't fucking matter. So they've got well, to say, yeah. all, they all, say all yes of these, to the thing. All of these, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah you'll get What's people. The, what, what do you think is like the percentage split of like, Guys who have had like a warehouse, because uh, it's all guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys who have had like a warehouse job before and 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 uh, it got the gist of what it is. Sure. And people that are coming and basically, mm-hmm. it's like you know joining the army and not knowing what joining yeah. the army yeah. is until you're in the army. But yeah, what's what's the surprise factor there? Oh, well, I'd say it's about fifty fifty for people who have come from just. You know, like maybe like younger guys who have just got out of school or okay. just kind of joining the workforce because we pay pretty well. Yeah, for people who are just coming into the job market, and and also guys who maybe have left another warehouse job or lost a warehouse job sure. or or whatever, and then they come to us, and I don't know which is better. Like the guys who have come from other warehouses, man, they have all the greatest suggestions in the world for you, like how to make your job better. Uh-huh. And they just walk in the door and they're ready. Then they're not shy about telling you things that you, you're doing wrong. And they should. now, are you putting these uh, great suggestions in quotes? <laughs> yes, I am. Very, very good. good. Very much in quotes. Because the problem is, like, when you've worked a job for a day, you really should not be suggesting improvements in the job. Because most of your suggestions are just things to make the job easier for you to do. Mm-hmm. Those are your actual suggestions. They're so just kind of like, you know what, you guys are carrying a lot of heavy stuff around. You know what you should have? Forklifts, you know, to carry all this stuff around. Well, we do have forklifts, but some, you know, we can't just, like, be constantly tying up forklifts to carry pretty pretty reasonable things. I know they're heavy-ish. They're heavy-ish. Right. They're not... They're not without. They're not outside of anyone's any you know person working in a warehouse's capabilities. So no, that's a dumb idea. Okay. You know your idea to have like everything on shelves inside the warehouse, so we don't have to lift anything, and everything's being lifted down by. I mean, 
The but comp- were these the uh, way they were doing things at the warehouse they were at? Previously? I don't. I don't know what their. I don't know what their okay. place was before. All right. But that's often the case. Like a lot of guys come from warehouses where there's a lot of forklift work, mm-hmm. which we don't do a lot of, and so then they're very disappointed that they don't get to sit down and drive around for the, for right. the day. They have to actually walk and lift things and right. do do physical work. And so now, that's, are you that's thinking hard. of them as babies? I think that can be a babyish attitude if you mm-hmm. come into a place where you're you're told up front. I mean, it was a surprise. If like they, if they had like a fake warehouse, they took them through, and it was like full of machinery, sure. doing all all the work, and then then they actually walk into our place, and there's like, what? What happened to all this stuff? What happened to the dream job? I'll will contrast that by saying though that when people are looking for work, yeah, it's not like you know, hey, here's what the job is, and they go, well, I've got my uh, choice of many jobs, yeah. So I'm looking at this as one of my options, yeah. yeah. You know what? I might go and do another job instead. Well, thank you for showing me this, sir. Good day. Instead, it's like I need a fucking job. Well, need a, well, I got okay. I got to. I mean, say if that's yes. the case, and you have very bad references, because there are lots of jobs out there right now. It's are a they? it's a okay. booming job market. There's no reason to come to us. I mean, what what we're except paying, that you pay better. We do pay better, but I mean to start. Uh, but it's still a warehouse job, right? You know, like you're not going to be making big big money. Like the problem is, is like in order to make it our job attractive. Guys are coming in like maybe two dollars less than guys who work there for five years are making. Okay, you know, which makes the guys who work there for five years really upset. Apparently, judging from someone I was talking to yesterday, but uh, yeah, it's uh, so yeah. People, I hear what you're saying. Like it's still, and there obviously there's like when you walk into a place, it you are just like completely at sea. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have no idea what's going on. You don't right. know when you get handed this piece of paper. And you're like, oh, go pick this stuff. You're just like. Uh, what is this even saying? Like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Yeah, and I've never had a job where someone, like a job job. Yeah. Uh, well, any kind of fucking job. But I've never had a, a job where when they were breaking down what the things I'd have to do yeah. were the things I had to do. Because, like, it was, it would always be like, and then the extra shit shows up, mm. you know. And it's like, because mm. every job isn't what they say the job is going to be. Because okay. you're not going to say all the extra shit that's going to fucking happen. Yeah. You're not. You're going to go, here's the job. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So you're going to work from this to this and that's this and this and this and this. Yeah. And this. Okay. Yeah. But sometimes things occur <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you've got to do and here's here's the reality of what the job actually fucking is. Yeah. And I've never had a job, you know. I'm working in a comic book store. Well, I'm going to be uh I'm going to be selling comic books. Uh, I'm going to be stocking comic books. I'm going to yeah. be cleaning the store. Yeah. Okay, you're going to be babysitting kids. Uh, <laughs> the uh, boss is going to set up a cult next door. He's going to ask you to send maybe the mums over yeah. uh, to do that. Uh, there's going to be some shifty characters who are going to be out front. Uh, you're going to have to try and intimidate them if you can. Go out there and do that. Uh, you know, and they're going to be maybe threatening your life a little bit because, um, you know, they're bored and they got nothing to do and they got knives. Yeah. So anyway, that's going to be part of it. No, of course you're not going to fucking mention no, all no. the other yeah. shit. You know, well, who thinks, and of, and who thinks of that? There's a variation on that on every job that mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm working at a toy store. Okay. Well, that's good. Now, there's going to be some creepy guys who are going to come in and they're going to be wanting to buy toys. And the reason they're doing that is to flirt with you. Uh, because the last guy flirted a lot with them and so it made a lot of sales and they seem to like it. So uh, just flirt with them enough. Take them to the edge. Don't let them expect that you're going to like take them up to the bathroom and blow them. But if you could just, <laughs> you know, just think they got a shot sure. so that they're going to buy this stife bears and it's just like if you could do that yeah that'd be part of your fucking job yeah okay. every job is is that to me and it sounds I like that. every retail job is is that okay, i feel yeah. like my the the bands in my job are much more written okay very good I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just going with like i've never had a job that has like actually said what the job sure, was fully, sure, but sure. go ahead 
Yeah, yeah. We had, we're not expected to come on to the installers, so they might, uh, you know, that's not been suggested. And it works. It's not been suggested to me. Okay. And I, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not as attractive as some of the other guys. I don't know. I'll have to ask them if they've been uh, given this sort of uh, things. No, I don't think that's part You're of. You're a very job. attractive man. It's not part of our job. Okay, very good. When I, yeah, look, when I started working there, I didn't really get even. Um, I didn't even get like a interview. I basically went in, talked to the warehouse manager, said I was interested in the job. He's like, he said, "Well, it's a really hard job." I said, "Okay, you okay with that?" I said, "Sure." You gotta lift a lot of heavy stuff. I said, "Okay, yeah." You okay with that? I said, "Yeah." You, you know, there's a lot of knowledge involved in it. Like you gotta know stuff as well. Like you have to learn a lot of things on the fly. You you okay? I said, "Sure, that sounds fine." All right, I guess I'll see you Monday. Bring work boots and a belt. And I said, okay, I'll see you. <laughs> I showed up on Monday with work boots and a belt and started working there. I think maybe my attitude is a little different, though. Like, my expectations are were different than other people's. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't really have, like, I don't walk in the door and go, like, I'm going to make a million dollars at this job. Or I'm going to impress them so much they're going to move me into the office. I'm only going to work in this place for two months. Like, that's not what I'm walking in there thinking, right? So, I don't know. I have my attitude's a bit different. So Yeah, you like a, you like a hard day's work. It's not crazy for hard days work, but I enjoy like a challenge, and I enjoy like. Well, you've told me you like a hard day. I do like working. Hard. There's, I remember there was one time uh, recently. I said, uh, "Don't work too hard," and you went, "But I like to work hard." <laughs> I'm like, well, I said, "Don't work too hard." That's a different situation, but yeah, yeah. like, it's okay. That yeah. You like to work hard. That's fine. I know it's weird. Like yesterday, I was. That's a rare thing for people that they like to work hard. Mm. Like a job for most people is this is the thing I have to do. Yeah. To pay the rent and feed my family. This is what I have to do. Sure. I would rather it be as not difficult as possible. Mm. You know? And that makes sense because they're... they're uh, Where's you know, the challenge? They're, well, <laughs> the challenge is you got to raise your family and stay <laughs> functional. you got to sure, change sure. light bulbs later. And if you threw yeah. your back out at work because you're so fucked up and you're, you're so tired <laughs> yeah. that you can't like keep your eyes open and play with your kids... Then no, then that is a job that you that is not great for you. Yeah. But you know, if 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 the if the aspect of the job that you like is the challenge of it, yeah, you found a, a joy or a satisfaction at the very least in in a hard job, and that's okay. We were, um, but do, most people won't want that. I guess yeah. We were doing one of those uh, containers I like to do, one of the ones for Alaska, and we were loading some doors on yesterday, and we were putting throwing some eighteen foot sections or doors up. To the very top, so you have to go climb up a ladder carrying the sections mm-hmm. and then put them in place. Now, I put my back out the other day. Um, forgot to mention this. I was at the gym uh, on Thursday morning. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday morning. Okay. Which I wasn't going to do. I wasn't going to go to the gym. But then I thought, oh, I might as well go to the gym because you know I'm going to like usually I don't like uh, today I didn't go to the gym because usually we I stay out kind of late and I didn't you know and then I. I don't want to be tired because I'm getting up at 4 in the morning to go to the gym and then be up until 11 o'clock or whatever. So I am, um, although I am at home, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so I was at the gym. I was doing some weights. I know it's weird at the gym doing weights, but that's what I was doing there. And, that's uh, where weights live. That's, I guess, that's what I thought. That's their house. <laughs> so I had like 175 pounds and I was kind of standing like in, it was called a, a standing row. So you're not quite standing though. You're kind of bent at at your knees and bend at your waist and you're like so you're like you're sitting in a chair only you don't have a chair and you're just like pulling the cable towards yourself yeah so i was pulling this cable 175 pounds and then the cable snapped oh jesus and i went flying backwards oh my god landed on my tailbone which is quite painful and then right. kind of landed on my awkwardly in my back against a machine didn't hit my head fortunately right okay and 
I just called it quits there. I went and did some stretches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You called it quits there. That's I did right. some stretches. That's correct. It was actually the last thing of the day for me to do as well. Okay. Which and should be the last thing regardless. Okay. So, so uh, but I kind of threw my back out because, you know, you just landed so awkwardly and, and you know, trying to stop yourself. So what from, happens at the gym then when that occurs? Not very much. That's my experience. Like the lady came over just to make sure I was okay. Yeah. She said, you know, all right, did you hit your head? No, I didn't hit my head. Um, and then she's like, you know, <laughs> she says, you know, the owner, our new owner is really great. Like, they'll have this machine fixed and, and running, like, right away. Oh, the machine's going to be fixed. <laughs> so she's so, like, oh, okay. Uh, she says, but you're all right. I said, well, my, my tailbone's quite sore because I landed, like, yeah, so hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. She goes, okay. All right. And that was it. And then... Uh, Do you think... She, okay, so let me ask you in that scenario. Yeah. Do you think what occurred just then yeah. was her her um, following instructions yeah. from the boss sure. and it's like so when someone gets hurt yeah. i want you to go up to them and find out if they're all right yeah. and here's the things to to do if they're not all right yeah. but like when they're all right go back and now write that down and so when this guy is trying to sue us later yeah. you go and you said you were all right right and yeah. she asked you how many times you were all right and you said you were all right which is like, I mean, Jesus Christ, when I fell and hit my head on the ice, yeah. I was like, I'm fine. I was not fine at all. <laughs> no, no, Bad judgment. Go ahead. <laughs> I did not hit my head, though, just to be clear. Okay, but you did hit your tailbone, which is also part yeah, of your body was, and an uh, important part. It's fine now. Like, I, I didn't have it, like, after, it wasn't bru- it's not bruised or anything. Like, it's not nope. painful, so. It was just a bit of a, bit of a. But the body's start. an interesting thing, and sometimes yeah. when you don't feel something right away, you can feel it later. Yeah, so my, my back was a little tender yesterday, so. Uh, we had there was three of us doing the door like the eighteen foot doors together just because I didn't want to strain myself because the problem is when you're working with other people other people who maybe aren't used to doing what we that what I do all the time right it takes a long time for them to get ready so you're standing there for a long time holding stuff on a ladder it's just a step ladder it's not like a we're not twenty feet in the air right um, but it takes them a long time to like get set and get ready and you're just kind of standing there and waiting <laughs> so this having three people made it a lot easier and so we're doing that and then and then uh, one of the guys said we're not getting paid enough to do this <laughs> <laughs> i was like what do you mean this is like this is fun like this is this is a fun thing to do they didn't believe me so i don't know it is fun to do mm-hmm. like it's it's exciting feeling like to slowly fill like a container with all this stuff and see it like you know yeah, you find a satisfaction it starts off empty and then boop 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 boop. You know, you just like, and then all the stupid uh, stacks of doors that have been haunting you for the last three months have been sitting around hogging space. Right. You're getting rid of those, so that's fine. You see those going down, and then inside it goes boop 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 back up. You know, and then and then you get these stacks, and then have you described that to them at all? And it doesn't go. <laughs> they just, not, mag- not magically impressed by it. It's just fun. Like when I when yeah. I when I worked in the fishing boat, I would do this thing where. I would when I was stacking the fish in the hold after they're frozen, and I glazed. I would go down and glaze them in a garbage can of, of ocean water, and then put them into the these stacks. And I would stack them all up in the very f- front of the hold, okay, against the wall. And so then it made it once you got it all filled, it made it look like it was just like this immense thing of fish because there's no sense of where it ended. Then even mm. though I knew there was like a wall right behind it, when Can you looked at it, you're like, okay. oh, that's cool. And so then I would. I do that. I don't even remember like making the other deckhand do that when he went down. I was like, "Oh, you got to make sure that you stack them all against the back wall." So that gets this effect. <laughs> and he's just like, but he came up and he's like, begrudgingly went, 
Yeah, I stacked them against the wall like he asked. He couldn't see like the the fun of it. That yeah, I, that I found in it. But I think in that I think in that case, it's 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 okay. There's two things. One, most things that are fun are things that you choose to do that are fun. Yeah, like there's got to be a choice aspect to it. If someone is saying you've got to <laughs> play this or got to do that, yeah, then yeah. the fun is uh, it's tough to get to the fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, you've made up a, a game in your head. Yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah, they don't have that game in their head. No, that's okay. That's you okay. could maybe somehow convince them that it's a fun game in their head <laughs> no it doesn't but work. it but it, it reminds me of it like work. something you know they would say like parents would do which is just like well you got to clean your room i don't want to clean my room hey why not make a game out of it see how fast <laughs> you can do it does not be fun you have a nice fast round of like cleaning your room as fast yeah. as you can and then try and beat your time the next time and that'd be fun and mm. you know what to you doing that with your stuff you might actually have fun doing it but to the kid being told Here's something you gotta do. Yeah. 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 Fun flies out the window. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was it was good of him to play along with my uh that's all I think. I was just he's just being good natured. Sure. So that's fine. I'll you know, I will take begrudging you know, acquiescence to my Yeah. My and then one of the fish obsessions. whispers to him, Kill him. What? <laughs> what? What's going You've on? gone quite mad. Kill him. <laughs> Kill him. No, that's an interesting thing. Like, I think there is a, again, I was talking to my neighbor yesterday, and again, he was feeling like, you know, you can't complain about your job because you're a big baby. Yeah. Um, and. No, I totally can complain about your job if you, why not? I don't but, think you know, aren't you, aren't you lucky to have a job? Like in this economy? Oh my God. Can you believe how lucky you are to have a job? Other people love your job. What do you mean? What are you complaining about your job? Um, but there's, I think there are some people to who a job is a job mm-hmm. and it's a necessity that, you know, yeah. you've got to do it's, you know, it's brushing your teeth or it's whatever the hell it is you've got to do to, yeah. you know, to, to survive. And there you go. You accept it. And there, and there you go. And other people, it's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this the best I can. Cause I have a good sense of pride about this and yeah, that's me. What, what have you. That's yeah. me for, for, to a degree. But also my feeling is you have to do the job. I mean, you don't have to do the job, but you are doing the job. You're there, and you might as well. You might as well enjoy it. You might as well have some you fun with well it. Do, that's an interesting way of looking at it. That's right. Because you're there, like it's not gonna. You're not gonna not be there unless you quit the job and go get another job. If if it's that terrible, then quit. That's fine. There are other jobs out there. And I think other people would go like, you know, it's like uh, you go to prison. Well, you might as well have fun in prison. Learn a skill. <laughs> uh, you know, make friends. I don't know. You know, uh, okay. you know, you're getting free food. Why not yeah, yeah. enjoy the meal? You know, it's it's something that you're that you have to do. <laughs> And yeah. so it's you're right. It is. It does come down to I, attitude. It would be the same with prison, though. I mean, I guess if you did something that was bad enough that you ended up in prison, I don't know if or you're, you made a deal, uh, you know, to for less time because you weren't guilty. That happens too. You know, you're in jail. You might as well uh, enjoy it. Well, I don't know if you're going to enjoy jail, but mm. do your best. I think there's other people that would feel do that about most like jobs. <laughs> like, hey, you got to work in the coal mine. Might as well enjoy it. Yeah, sing a little song, make some friends. Sure, you know. Yeah, but I mean, should everyone just be walking around sad and, and angry? I well, I think there's a middle ground, probably, between <laughs> these two things. I guess. I'd rather just have some fun. I mean, just be lighthearted. Sure. Yeah. Don't complain you about get, it. Yeah. I mean, I think there are people that get their joy from things outside of their work. And there's people for who work is just the price The price that you pay. Mm-hmm. is like, that's that's what you do and you have to do and you have to do. Yeah, I you know. I enjoy other things outside of work though. It's like I'm not like mm-hmm. once I walk out the door from work, I don't even think about it anymore. 
And that's one of the that's gone. one of the things about your job that's a good thing. Yeah, that's why I like that it. you can enjoy that. And there's other jobs where you can't, where yeah. you're always constantly thinking about, oof, what did what did my boss mean by that? <laughs> and what do I have to do tomorrow? Yeah. And I really should, oof, I should do some work now. Why aren't I? Mm, job is never really all over. Some people, and it just lives in their head. But you're not like going home and like thinking about how you could properly stack doors more efficiently or you know yeah. conversations you had with your with your uh, co-workers and replaying them in your head and going what do you mean by that <laughs> what's that about yeah i'm not that sort of person i guess yeah not a dweller yeah Nothing to dwell yeah it's on. different uh well have you ever had a job that wasn't like uh um uh one that uh well i guess you have like with the parking lot but one that wasn't like physically demanding yeah well i guess the parking lot would be the example that was, that. that was the only one yeah yeah but yeah, so you're used been... to when you think of a job, you think of one that does definitely does have like a physical aspect. To I enjoy it. that part of it, though. Yeah, I enjoy the physical part of it. Like even when I was like I've talked about working the medical place, so the the you had an med- office aspect. To had an office aspect, but also had the warehouse part. And I wouldn't wouldn't have wanted to give up the warehouse part of it just to work in the office. I wouldn't have enjoyed that. Would have been too felt too narrow then too narrow a job. How so? Like, what would uh, what would be the problem? I would miss the on? physical part. I would miss going out and like okay. picking the product, and, and getting it wouldn't ready. be enough to like go to the gym before work. No, I still go to the gym. Yes, I know, but you yeah. you you go to the you go, you would probably be more intense at the gym because you didn't have the physical aspect at work or some such. No, no, it would That's be the, the same. same workout. Yeah, okay. I do the same workout if I'm doing a container to go to Alaska, or if I'm just going to have a day of paperwork. It's the same. Why is that? I don't understand. I have a routine I follow. Okay, it's a routine, but it's not the same result because you're, you know, you're 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 expending a different amount of energy during the day than you are at at the gym. So you know, if you're uh, doing curls or what have you, and then your job is like doing a lot of arm things. Yeah, you're doubling and tripling on the the arm things anyway. Well, you're not because when you work a job, your body doesn't like you don't put on muscle constantly doing doing job like repetitive things okay is your job repetitive enough that you wouldn't or it's pretty repetitive it yeah sound, okay yeah. sound like the way you've described it there's enough variety yeah. it feels like okay well i've done that job for over six years now okay i don't think i'm like a huge like a massive guy or anything like that from doing that job you know like i'm not like hugely muscled or anything right because uh the human body like it can cheat it learns to cheat right it learns like this is what energy i need to expend in order to do what Dave needs to do okay. at this job, and so I'm not going to do anything more than that energy expense. Expense. Okay. So, what would happen if? All right. So, say your job just changed to an office only job. Yeah. Uh, but you still did the same gym situation mm-hmm. that you do regularly. Yeah. What would happen to you physically? Taking taking out the the day's worth of you know uh, physical uh, physical uh, w- labor. What would uh, what would what would happen to your body then? Any idea? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It might, I might be better. I don't know. I mean, I like, it's just the, you know, like your body, the way your body works is like, like, let's say, let's take walking. Mm-hmm. Like if you walk every day, that's good for you, but it's not great for you because mm-hmm. you need to mix it up. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like if we constantly, if we constantly expended the same, like more energy walking, we would die. Like we just would fall apart, but we don't. Our body. We'd walk like, off the edge of the earth. Our body, know, like our body so figures it out and it, it, it reduces the amount of energy they're using to be efficient right and it figures out it figures out the best most efficient way to work so that you're walking ten thousand steps a day you know it's just walking you're not like expending like huge amounts of calories eventually because your body goes okay let's just keep it cool 
We know what we're doing. Step by step, it's fine. Got it? You know, like if you started like running and walking in between that, then you're tricking your body, obviously. Okay, but say, all right. So say you're working for the post office and you got a root. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, your root burns... 500 calories. Sure. Let's say that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, as you as you do that same route, yeah. uh, a year from now, yeah, you would it be- only ba- burn 400 calories? Is that what you're saying? Like your body becomes more efficient, and so now you're burning 400 calories, and then you're burning less calories, and you keep burning less calories. No, you burn less calories, but... Because you must, you must then plateau at a certain point. Yeah, where- you just plateau. Like you, you're, eventually, you'll start off, and you'll, you'll probably drop a bit of weight. Okay, it's not starting even dropping a job. weight to me. It's like to no, me, no, it's but you know what I'm calories. saying, right? Yeah. Like, okay, burning calories. You'll burn some calories starting right. when you start the job, but then your body will figure it out and you'll stop dropping calories. It'll find a way to burn less calories, is what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to be walking a mile. You walk a mile, you know, and and you burn like 100 calories, yeah. whatever. And then, um, and then like the, a year from now, your body's more efficient at this. Yeah. You're walking that mile and you're burning 80 calories. Is is what you're saying? Yeah. But you'll just kind of plateau. And there. then it'll plateau at you know 75 calories. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So uh, which isn't necessarily bad. No, like, no, you it's could fine. Just then go. You could then live your life with that and yeah, go. Yeah. Oh, I understand how much it takes to this, that, and the that's other. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like you could be a postman. And still put on weight. You know, mm. like you're not going to constantly, there's not like, oh, you're going to be super skinny now. You're doing this job. You're walking around all the time. No, you could, you know, you just eat too much. And right. you, you know, and same with me, like even even going to the gym and working my job, if I just like ate, ate too much or just, mm-hmm. you know, I could put, still put on weight, you know. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, depending, it just depends what you wanted. So when you say you've do. got a routine then at the gym, mm-hmm. isn't that doing the same thing though like because you've got a routine mm-hmm. your body is now understands that yeah. that's your routine that's why so you it's not break as efficient as when you start that's exactly right yeah, okay yeah. Yeah, so yeah. do you mix up the routine that's right that's why i have like a six-day program that i follow with rest days and and i break up my cardio into running days and, and elliptical elliptical days so that your body gets tricked right so is not- there any way to fix our brain so our body doesn't need to be tricked <laughs> no because that's the most evolutionary advantageous way for us mm-hmm. if it was always a chore we would just die from our physical activity right mm-hmm. so what our body does is it figures out the best way to make it so that we don't it's not a constant grueling grind the first time you go for a long long walk you'll right. come back and you'll be sore you'll be like oh i'm so tired i gotta lay down you do that for six months you'll be fine you won't even right. notice that long walk that's because your body's figured out the best most efficient way to help you do that walk, and you've built up the muscle and the and the cardio and stuff like that. Now, is it healthy for your body mm-hmm. to become more efficient? Yeah. Okay, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's so good. the person, so the so the postal worker who is like now at like eighty yeah. uh, calories, sure. their body's become more efficient. Yeah, he's got. So a, that's a positive. That's right. He's got better cardio, and he's okay. Got, that yeah. that that person should not be going like I I'd best go. Uh, a mile, a mile and a half now. Instead, to yeah. make sure that I'm burning the same amount to, that I was before, yeah, I mean, and keep up in the game. <laughs> it feels like you're fucking over your body. Then, like your body's going, yeah. I'm, "All right, I'm efficient for you. Yeah, yeah. I'll do what I, I'll do what you want. No, we're now it's emergency again. What? Oh, my body is all messed up. Yeah. So, but when I like when I do my cardio, uh, I do like a walk run okay. cycle, right? So that you know, I'm not just walking. I'm not just running. Because both of those you, things, the body gets too complacent. Did you talk to a trainer about like your uh, about interval training and stuff like that? About about any of your uh, gym routine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. The routine I use now, I actually got after my first really bad back injury. Okay. Which I did injure at the gym actually, um, doing pull ups. 
of all things. I wasn't okay. even lifting weights. I was just <laughs> I was pulling myself. I guess I was lifting weights. I was lifting my weight. Uh, and I hurt my back quite badly. And so this, she was an um, occupational therapist. And so she created a uh, program for me that was light on my back so that it, I wasn't putting a lot of like strain on my back with okay. the workouts that I was doing. And, but it still has like a back day. It's just one design for me. Because the problem for me is that because I was cut in half twice and my, my stomach was sliced in half twice, I, have, I will never have like a super strong core as I could, you know, from what I'm doing, I'll never have as strong a core as I could have, you know, gotten right. if I was, didn't have that happen to me. It's still strong. It's just not as strong as it could be. And so I'll, that'll always be like a weak point in my body. So that's why I've always had back, in, back trouble. And so, you know, the, the idea of this was, to, was designed so that it just kind of takes it easy on the old back. It's, you know, but I do a job with a lot of lifting and stuff like that. So you can't always be easy on your old back. Right. Sometimes it's, you know, but I'm pretty good at, I have a good core. So, you know, I do a lot of lifting that doesn't involve my back. I, you know, the stomach muscles and stuff like that take on a lot of the... I wonder, like, go because we always talk about high school. Because you know, what are you going to do? Not do that? Yeah. In the podcast. Yeah. Um, it just feels like th- I, I keep going back to these would have been useful things to have been told, um, <laughs> and like you know what what, what you had a trainer to do, which is like here's a routine that mm-hmm. will work for you. Mm-hmm. You know, out in out in the world, it would be nice, like you know, uh, to to have like uh, the gym teacher or someone, yeah, you know, go. Okay, here's some basic things that sure. you can do when you say leave high school, yeah, or you know, on your own that are like this is part of a routine you can do. Do it or don't. It's yeah. up to you. But you specifically for what you want, you know, and uh, yeah, I go through it. I don't, it doesn't feel like we grew up in like a culture, like a workout culture in those days. That wasn't really something people did very much. Well, we did. I mean, here's the thing. Like they would take us through weights and they would go like, how much weight can you lift? And, mm. and they write it down <laughs> going, hmm. And they, you know, uh, here's the pegs in the board. Okay, yeah. now climb up those pegs. Hmm. <laughs> Flexed arm hang. Hmm. How many uh, sit-ups? Hmm. But never like, yeah. oh, by the way, these things we just showed you, you can do these on your own, and they'd be helpful, and they will make you uh, more fit. Would you like to know how to use those mm. in your life and have this be a useful skill? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, it's not really the fun. But I, I, I was doing that in high school. Like what? Sit-ups and push-ups and stuff like that. Okay. Was someone telling you a, a routine? No, like, I just did it myself. Yeah, like, that's not good. Like, you're a kid. <laughs> like, you don't know. Well, I mean, you're, it's not... Da- I, was da- I wasn't, like, da- no, no. making dangerous uh, uh, sit-up practices. Mm-hmm. I was just doing, well, like, 100 not- sit-ups or whatever. Yeah, you know, but it's... Every day. A, I don't know if that is dangerous or not. Like, it depends. <laughs> okay. It could... Not for everybody. But, right. like, okay, but what's useful? Like, yeah. You know, I mean, after a certain point, like, you know, you're a kid... Uh, you do 75 sit-ups. Is 100 sit-ups better than 75? Sounds like it is. But is it? Yeah. Like for what you need to, you know, tighten up or work a sure. muscle or, you know, or what have you, you could be spending those 25 sit-ups doing another thing yeah. that would actually balance things out more. But there's never like a breakdown. Like this is the same thing I feel about like home ec. Yeah. It's like give me some meals I could make at fucking home. Or like, you know, know that I'm going to be like out to college or living on my own in a year or two. Yeah. Break down like what's a month's worth of cooking? What's something basic things that I could make? Yeah. Nope. Never get that. But you didn't take home ec. I took home ec in junior high. But you took like the the small... You took like the one that was like part of a capsule of a bunch of other classes that were thrown together. Like I did that too. We I did, don't really remember. Yeah, we did. It wasn't like it wasn't like you weren't doing like full on home ec. You're doing like a kind of okay. a, a 
this is what Homac is like. But how about like just the like, like here's the thing. I I always feel like it should it should be this. It should be like Homac. Yeah. Give me like two weeks worth of recipes that like sure. I can make easy. Uh-huh. Boom. Math. Show me how to do taxes. <laughs> Show me how to that's do basic fucking taxes. Something different though. That's what is it? That's not. But that's not what math is teaching. Like it's not supposed to be teaching you how to okay, do your taxes. Okay, what class would teach you? All right, home and ec- economics then. Yeah, I guess. Show me how to do basic taxes. Yeah. Give, give, let's give us a week and and, and let's I don't do, know why. What's wrong with that? I just that's feel shit like you need that will cost. Yeah, you, but you don't care. You hundreds, but you don't care as a kid though. Fuck up dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But as a teenager, do you care about that? No, you don't care. I don't care about anything as a teenager. Exactly. So you would have if they taught you that stuff. You would it would be as meaningful to you as the French. But you give learned. it a fucking shot, and if nothing. <laughs> else i've yeah. then got the textbook and or notes yeah you know afterwards so that when i'm like a year out and, and living on my own and having to do taxes i'm like shit i sort of remember that wait i've got my notebook look at that yeah. oh yeah 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 this is like a nice explanation for high school dum-dums and then like <laughs> all right let me flip this oh there's some recipes uh that uh, make sense that's good oh yeah. and here's something from the gym oh these are just some workouts that i could do like at my apartment you know that makes some sense uh, like, oh, yeah, 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 this is all useful shit, you mm-hmm. know, for life. Yeah. Instead of, you know, uh, learning the history of the Caribbean. And I'm like, that's fine. These are important things. Like, there's a lot of shit that you learn in school. Yeah. But, like, there should be, like, an aspect that's just, like, practical things you'll need in, I don't know, a year like you're gonna actually really, really, really fucking need. Yeah. Let's just teach you a couple of those things too. Unfortunately, those things do not uh, get you into college. Get you into college, yeah. And, yeah. And that's what's important. How because about this? What How to schools, pay off student loans. What schools react to are to outside pressure groups who have their their own kind of. Uh, they'll make they'll grade schools on what they're teaching kids and stuff like that, which seems like it shouldn't inter like shouldn't bother the Ministry of Education. Mm-hmm. With what this, what small uh, think tanks think about how schools run, but actually they're incredibly uh, influential on parents, right. who are the people who are making the decisions of who's on the school boards, who are making the decisions on what schools are teaching, and so they have a outsized influence on what's in school. I have a home economics textbook at home mm-hmm. that has macaroni and cheese recipes okay. and how and how to uh, sew a dress and how to run household finances oh, and stuff like that. Okay. In the in the sex book, it's from the fifties. Okay. So this was a thing that kids were once taught, but here's the, the problem: is is that only a certain gender was taught these things in the school. You know, there was home economic classes. Yeah. Or going, and going to university and graduating with a degree in home economics was a once a thing, does not exist anymore because it's considered to be uh, sexist. Blah blah blah. You know, get rid of this stuff. I mean, they still had like sewing classes and things like that when we were in school. That was part of home economics. They had cooking classes. That was home economics. I took band. I took art classes. I did not take those as an option. So I missed out on those things, you know. And because I didn't, and even if I had been more on the ball and thought about that, I probably wouldn't have appreciated it anyway. Because, you know, like I say, I spent four years learning French in junior high school. I learned more French on my own of course. with a textbook by myself. Yeah, it's a, it's completely uh, inefficient. Yeah. Again, I I look at I look at like a gym class, you know, and how long it took. There was a, a friend of mine put up a, a thing uh, recently, which I'm gonna just look it up. Uh, what is the thing that I've seen put up before? Yeah. I'm singing a song to kill time in between me saying <laughs> things. Uh, but it was about like how much people uh, read. 
you know, after after school. Okay. And uh, eh, come on, get up there. Some Stop. people quite a bit, and other people not very much. Some people quite a bit. Here's the thing. This is this is, this is the way they put it. Yeah. It was like thirty-three uh, percent of high school grad, and I know if this is true or not. It's a meme, so it could be not. Thirty-three <laughs> percent of high school graduates never read another book the rest of their lives. Forty-two okay. percent of college grads never read another book after college. Okay. Fifty-seven percent of new books are not read to completion. Seventy percent of uh, uh, American adults have not been in a bookstore in five years 80 percent of uh, american families did not buy or read a book last year okay so it's that stuff so to me the root of that is okay there's something that happens in high school with reading that makes you go i don't want to do this no more i don't care yeah, for this maybe you know well that's where you learn or, the, or we just live in a culture now where there's so many other entertainment options the idea of just sitting down with a book is not yeah it could be it's not that enjoyable to people anymore that's that is quite, a hardcore group of readers that yeah that my my feeling that. on that was that the experience of reading was unpleasant and so when it's not obligated you will not continue see i'm the and, opposite whereas me reading in school was absolutely great fine. okay but my parallel to that yeah. was answering the, the questions about it was not so great yeah my parallel to that was the gym the gym experience was so ridiculous and i yeah. was given such impossible tasks things like take these two pegs and climb up a wall with them yeah like you're fucking tom cruise it's like well this is fucking stupid yeah this is stupid i'm checked out I'm going for 5K runs and yeah. I'm not understanding where I'm supposed to run. And there's no, like, you're not given a map. You're just supposed to know all the streets in the town. And, like, somehow this is supposed to make sense to you. Yeah. And it was just like, well, this is, this is the gym and running and shit is all awful. So I feel the same way around that that I do to that. And, and over time, I've had to, like, reacquaint myself with gyms, you know, and get over this shit. Yeah. And I feel like oh, there should be an aspect of, like, you know, high school that's, like, Okay, this is stuff you're actually... We should have an aspect of it that's like stuff that you need to know that will be useful to you. Yeah. Not necessarily just things that will get you into college and move sure. on to I mean, the next nowadays in level schools, of education. Nowadays in schools, they do have like more um, intense things about like for work experience and stuff like that that are required for kids to leave school. Right. I mean, now I don't you know if just doing like, taxes is part of it. I mean, there's an element of school where, or what you're saying where it's kind of like... You're going to have to do taxes in a year. Yeah. Where, there's an element where you're saying like... You know, parents also have, are also part of a kid's education. Are they? Yes. Why? Well, how come you know you're... Like, what's to say that your parent knows what the fuck they're doing? Like, why are they educated? <laughs> well, I mean, I assume they're also doing their taxes. Who no? knows? Like, okay. they might just be paying an account, like, going yeah. to H&R Block. Okay. Like, the idea that... But you could do that, too. That's if nice. It's, if it's too difficult. But to... you, you should have the option of knowing what you're... Uh, look, yeah. you should have someone who knows what they're doing yeah. do it. It's like I mean, saying I'm just your this parents cause... should teach yeah. you to drive. Maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. Maybe yeah. your parent's a shit driver. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I understand if they can and it's great, that's fine. And yeah. the same thing with like, you know, parents that don't know their way around, you know... Believe me, shit drivers have not stopped parents from teaching their kids. Absolutely. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and parents that are <laughs> shit with their money yeah. should probably not be teaching the kids how taxes work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that should be something it just seems like a basic fucking thing that you could concentrate on for yeah. like a week and like you know just like this is how this goes yeah and, and i mean here here's turbo tax enter information and press sure. the button there you go yeah i mean you couldn't do that back in my day <laughs> yeah, but, no. but basically I mean, yes my mom showed me how to do my taxes so i just that's how i learned and my, my mom, mom was a bookkeeper but she yeah. still wasn't very good at it okay and uh, you know back in the day she was you know and i, I mine were quite simple i mean i had a job and i went to school so there you go. Mm -hmm. Fill in money you made, fill in what you paid for school. 
Yeah. There you go. You're done. Yeah. I mean, the blessing is that you're broke usually when you're leaving. <laughs> thing. But here's 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 an aspect of it, like that I think is is important. Is you know, um, you know, they they just had that debt forgiveness in the in the states. Yeah. Uh, people are so mad. Um, but <laughs> the idea yeah. that you know that you're pushed, of course, is you got to go to college. Yeah. And so that's why people didn't want vaccines for polio. They're like, I got polio. These guys who get yeah, polio you too. Write, write it out. You have big baby, <laughs> the big polio baby. Um, but yes. like they, sh- when you're told like you know you're taking out uh, this loan, you you should have it kind of broken down of like, and here's what that's going to mean for you mm-hmm. for this amount of time because yeah. you're coming. You're just told you've got to do this because if you don't go to college, you're going to be a hobo. Yeah. You're going to yeah. be like living on the railroad tracks. Sure. You know, being riding out on a rail with will, a tar will, and feather guy. Will I have a bindle stick? Yeah, you're gonna. Oh, you're lucky to have a bindle stick. You're gonna have to take a bindle <laughs> loan, a small bindle, bindle loan. Oh no! From the hobo bank. <laughs> a bindle. It's just loan. like we're gonna have to take your stubby oh, cigar dear. as a collateral mm-hmm. and and whatnot. But like you know, they don't know what f- what they're getting into financially. They they have no idea of that kind of perspective. Nope. You know, and uh, and yeah, it would be nice if like there was like. Something tell something telling you here's what it would be like, and you're gonna have to pay this, and this is gonna happen, and this is gonna happen again. This is all just the basic freaking skills. It would be nice if there's one class called basic skills that's just like this is just sh- basically shit that you need to I know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have taken it. I would have just. I would have taken the art. Well, the thing is nowadays. Yeah. Uh, the way it goes is like all those things will just be on TikTok fucking anyway. It's just like, you know, uh, I want to learn how to cook. Well, look at the recipe on, on TikTok. It'll yeah. show you how to make mac and cheese in 30 seconds. Sure. You know, yeah. okay, how do you how do you do your taxes? We're going to watch five TikTok videos in a row, and it's going to show you basically how to do your taxes, which is not how you should learn things, but is how, you know, it's, it's, it's substituting for, you know, learning now. Well... Okay. I think you should. I think you should learn extra things from TikTok. That's fine. But that should not be your main source of, you know, important skills of like someone. You I don't know. I don't. You shouldn't not be told a TikTok person. So. What's that? I'm not a TikTok person. So. That's fine. But uh, but but the younger people are. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where they they learn this stuff from. Sure. You're gonna learn something. You're gonna learn it in 30 seconds. Yeah, but which I'm, isn't the safest way to learn how to do exercise, which isn't the best way to learn how to cook, which isn't the best way to learn how to do anything that's really important. I mean, it's it's okay. It's to, a nice supplement. To be fair to schools, like I'm an incompetent person. Like I'm an incompetent adult. Like my daughters are very competent. I feel like they're much more able to do things that I found totally confusing and and off putting as a as a like young what? adult. Like yeah, budgeting, running a household, cooking. Okay. Uh, you know, like they they have like. You know, fairly together lives. I'm not going to say that their lives are perfect or they make great decisions all the time. That would be mm-hmm. ridiculous. But you know, they they live away from home. They have they both have cars. Sure. They both have they both uh, have jobs. They have they budget. They figured out ways to make things work for themselves. You know, like um, we were talking about Mary uh, starting at the her um, studies at university to become a teacher, and part of that look like she would have to move home, which I wasn't very happy about. Not that I wouldn't want her to live at home. I would love her to live at home. I just didn't want her to come back because I knew that that would not be a great choice for her. Yeah. Like I felt like that, that was... That's a, tough. That's a bad thing to have to backtrack from some independence from your, from your parents, blah, 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 which she's already done before. You know, she lived for quite a while with her boyfriend 
And when that broke up, she came home for a while. And that was very difficult for her sure. to try to reintegrate into a home that yeah, yeah, she hadn't yeah. been in for five years. Because she wasn't living with us before that. She was living out of the house when she was going to university. And your parents see you as something, as, as someone different than you've evolved mm-hmm. into. Yeah, mm-hmm, so for sure. It's jarring. And so I didn't want that to happen. And, and luckily, the girls c- kind of figured out a way to make it work for themselves. Yes, it does involve Mary taking on a small loan in order to pay for some of the stuff over that time period. Right. But not a big, like you know, $50,000 student loan or whatever, just a small, you know, loan to, to tie, tie them over, like, rent-wise and stuff for that, that they can't cover to get, right. like, what, what they figured out. So I'm really happy with that they're able to do that, you know. I don't think I would have been had the confidence or the... I wouldn't even know what to start with like that. I would have seemed like an idiot. But you, know? you were not an idiot. Like, I know, I know you from... I'm not an idiot, but I... No, no, I, I know you from high school and you were brilliant. So, like, let's go... <laughs> no, you were brilliant. But sure, I'm smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I, I'm a practical person, though. So, okay. a lot of the practical parts of life But if But if me. a school cannot serve a brilliant person, you know, and, and like, I think you're definitely, well, like... Well, schools can't solve, serve brilliant people because it's, it's not... It's not a... It's not an elite, an elite academy. It's a. It's no, no. A, is this, but we're not trying to thing teach you. That teaches a middle. We're not a trying middle to. We're of, teaching you how to make mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah. Like we're not treating. Yeah, I wouldn't be. We're not giving in you that. the elite. I wouldn't have been interested in that. It's oh, fuck your interest. It's like <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that I wasn't interested. Sure. In what did you? That write? I had to do every goddamn day in high school. Yeah. But like you were, you were brilliant, and you sh- and you're saying you did not have certain necessary skills yeah. to go out into the into the world. Yeah. So this means school was failing you. I don't think it was school. Uh, yes, I think it was. My parents were no, <laughs> fuck it, me. no. There's a school there. But why? Why is school doing everything? A school is that's because not a school's the school, job. Because the school it is not is, raising children. It's an educational... It's raising children it's for six fucking hours institu- a day, It's yes. an educational institution. Six hours a day, yes. That's it's a very raising... small part of your life. What's that? It's a very small part of your life. Six yeah. hours is a small part so of your life? Six hours every day, yeah. you, The it's math is wrong then on that. That's like that's yeah. like a quarter of your day is not a sure. small part of your life. Yeah. Especially when like eight of those hours are you sleeping. <laughs> yeah, but you spend a lot of time at home as well. You're not only at school. Uh-huh. Eight you know, hours like, sleeping, it, six hours at school, yeah. rest of the day. You know, you got some time that you're like goofing off and being I just, yourself. Maybe it's because I'm married to a teacher. Is more time, I don't school think, is more time than your parents with you. I don't think it's a school's place to raise children. I think it's... It is, though. No, it's not. No, no, it's not place. Yeah. It fucking is it raising is, children. It is not raising children. Yes, it it's is. educating children. Which is part of raising them. No, that's part of a parent's job, yes, to educate and raise their children. Uh, raising and, uh, and, and teaching. Well, raising was like you say, teaching. What's, what's like, the difference? I uh, love. Okay. Schools doesn't love you. Teachers don't love you. Okay. That's not their job to love you and to and to look so out. So raising for you. is love. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Feeding. Well, that's so raising you, you someone. Eat, you, feed you eat at school. As a, you eat a meal at school. Yeah, but that's from your parents. Your parents give you the, Maybe. the meal, right? No, the cafeteria can feed you as well. Sure, but that's money from your parents. Okay, but if it's if you're just talking feeding, yeah. one meal is at school, so one yeah, yeah. third of your feeding is at school. Okay, but go ahead. you're being fed by your parents. Not necessarily. Yes, you are. You might you might have your own money, and you might be like buying lunch at the cafeteria, buying some fries. Okay, buying what have you. Okay, so you, you're saying now you're a teenager. I don't know if you, if you're being raised when you're a teenager. I'm talking but okay. high school right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm talking all of school. Like I'm talking elementary school as well. Like these are like definitely when you're in high school, teachers aren't there to love you. Okay, I don't want them to love me. Okay. Well, then you don't want them to raise you, right? You want them to teach you. Part of raising yeah. is educating. Educating in what way? Is a parent should a parent teach you to read? A parent is teaching you basically how to live a lot of times. It's yeah. like a parent is your example of how you will socialize. Mm-hmm. 
and a parent and be a, and be an adult yep. and and gives you a sense of worth. Yep. But yep. so does school. School tells you what you're worth. How so? How do you mean? How a teacher treats you. If a treat if a teacher te- treats you with disrespect, yeah. you learn that you are not worthy of respect. Yeah. You know, if a teacher allow if, if a school allows you to be beaten up like I was, yeah. it it lets you know, you know, the system is more important than your safety. Sure. And a lot you know what your safety level is here. Yeah. And and yeah, it cuz it's an institution are, it doesn't do a good job of raising you. Yeah. How 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 they treat you yeah. lets you know again wh- how you are and that is definitely part of raising you. Yeah, but that's not what it should be doing. That and that is why it has to. that's why it shouldn't be doing. You can't be, be somewhere it. 6 hours a day. And yeah. and forced to be there six yeah. hours a day, and not and not uh, be influenced and and have your personality shaped yeah. by the thing that you're at six hours a day for like most of your life. I know, but the problem is, is there's five hundred students in a school, okay, and there's thirty teachers. Mm-hmm. Like that is no one can raise that family. I'm not. That asking, is bigger than cheaper by I'm the dozen. I'm not asking them to raise. You know, look, they part part of it and is when you get to high school, it's even more. Uh huh. You know, now you're talking like a huge amount of people in the school right. with a small amount of st- teachers. Who and are what there. it's teaching you then is that you're part of a system. Yeah. And then when you get out into the workforce, it will be the same. Th- it will be the same kind of situation or an extrapolation of this. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's part. I do believe that is part of raising you and socializing you and letting you know. Do you consider socialization to be raising? Or no, not? I don't. Okay, well then we disagree on yeah. that because I think socialization. I, don't know that's raising someone, I yeah. think socialization definitely is raising someone. No, no. Because no. socialization is something is, you don't get from your shaping, family. Is, okay, socialization is yeah. shaping the person that you are. And if you are it's doing that from degree. the ages of five to, to eighteen, you, if you are shaping a person from five to eighteen, that yeah. is raising no, you that already, person. When you walk in the door of a school, you already are a person. Okay. And how you react? You're a very different person at five than you are at eighteen. That's true. But how you react to the school institutional life uh-huh. is what will affect you yes that's true but you already are a person and what the you school the does door. it's not just your reaction it's what the school does but how you react to what the school does right it's true some people it affects everyone differently not everyone comes out the same it's not a cookie cutter okay right it's not a cookie cutter experience for everyone right it feels like you're, you're taking away the uh the onus of the school and the responsibility of what they do to a child you know, and say it's it's really the kids uh, how they react to this. Yeah, that's the that's the factor. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's good and bad teachers as well, for sure. I yeah, and environments. Yeah, yes. yeah, for sure. So, but it's still you still are like a form to a degree when you come into the school. You already are a person. You can make decisions. You're a five year old child. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But you can make decisions. You can make moral choices. You're not. I an idiot. thought on my first day of school. Yeah. That my mom got eaten by an octopus. I literally thought that. Why? The, because there was a uh, there was a partition. Yeah. And they had all of the uh, parents behind the partition. Yeah. And then they said, "And we're going to say goodbye to our parents now." Yeah. And I thought I was never going to see my mom again. Was that right? Yeah. And then they shut the partition. Okay. And I had this image in my head of like now they're being killed because this is they because of what was said to me you know it was just like we're going to okay. say goodbye to our parents wave sure. goodbye to them say goodbye bye yeah, yeah, yeah. you know now we're going to be here and i thought this is where i'm going to live now and i had this image of like my mom being eaten by an octopus mm-hmm. for some reason sure i just remember that super fucking clearly yeah and i said that to a kid next to me and they started to cry and other kids started to cry and we because they were crying because their parents were going away as well yeah and then i was crying because i thought they were dead okay Yes, I was a person. Yeah. 
but I was dumb. Like, I was a dumb kid. I didn't know shit. Yeah. Like, I still believed that a guy dropped off presents, sure. you know, on Christmas. That's fine. And I believed the Tooth Fairy was real. Yeah. So, yes, I'm a person. Yeah. But without judgment. But without judgment that would function in a real world. I don't think, even if you believe in the Tooth Fairy, that you would think it was I okay did. to murder someone. I think you can still make moral judgments as a, as a child. I don't, think, I don't think if you believed in Santa Claus, you think it would be okay to steal from someone. Yes, I you can did. still I make it was moral. to steal. You did? Yeah, I stole. I stole like um, I stole what's it? Oh, uh, I never, I stole, never uh, dream of it. What's a uh, what do you what do you call a thing in a submarine that uh, looks at periscope? A periscope. He had like a little uh, periscope. This uh, cousin of mine. Yeah. I stole the periscope uh, from him because I wanted it. Yeah. And then I showed it to my dad and went like, "Hey, I took this." And my dad was like, "You stole that." And I didn't know that was wrong. Okay. And he had to let me know that that was wrong. Oh, that's good that he taught you something. That's a, yeah, he did. But I didn't that know you. that. That was raising Because you. I was a fucking child. Yeah, yeah. And I, I said, you know what's a good idea? I should I should do a Wile E. Coyote uh, flat fall onto the cement. Yeah. I should do one like they saw in the cartoon. I almost busted my head open. Yeah. Because I'm a fucking stupid kid. That's another like good learning five. moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good lear- learning so, moment. yes, you're right. I was a person. Yeah. But a person that definitely could not function on their own and would die in a day. Yeah, of course. Without supervision. Of course. Okay. I agree but with yes, that. yes, I was yeah. a person. You were a person. Yeah. Yeah. You're walking in the door. You're not You're not like an egg. Yeah. You're I looked at the floor. I was able to read. I said, uh, what's fuck mean? Yeah. And the first thing that happened to me as I went into school was I was told, shut up. And I was like scolded for reading. Yeah. That was the first day at school. Sure. And then my mom got eaten by an octopus. But I think a significant part of what you said there was that you went into school, you already knew how to read. So yeah. <laughs> so what? So you were, you had a brain. You weren't like a dummy. That's, I was able that's, to read because no one, like, I, I learned how to read. Yeah. I bet you. The kids who didn't know how to read weren't dummies. 95% of the other kids in that, in that yeah, class with you couldn't read. No, I know they're not dummies. All right. Well, you just said I wasn't a dummy because I could read. Yeah. They're not dummies because they can't read. There's nothing dummyish about it. I know, I but you kept calling yourself dumb. I said you're dumb. a stupid kid. I was but you dumb. Can read, so you I thought my mom dumb. was eaten by an octopus. That's well, dumb. It's just misunderstanding what's happening. <laughs> it's a pretty big misunderstanding. Yeah, you're anxious. That's fine. All right. You're anxious. Mm-hmm. That's understandable. It's a new experience. Let me ask you guys out there. Do you think that schools are part of uh, the raising of kids? Do you think th- do you think they are or do you think that they're not? Uh, uh, six hours a day from 5 to 18. Yep. Uh, that's you're obligated to be in in school. Yeah. That's, uh, more, you know. But you talk about it, like when you say school, you make it into an, a, an, an abstract thing. What you should be saying is, do you think it's teachers' responsibility to raise children? Should teachers be raising children? Like, when you send your children to school, are you abnegating your responsibility as a parent and returning those over to, to teachers to do your, in your place? I think it's irrelevant what I feel because I think it occurs. I think there's no way that you could put uh, someone under the care yeah. and, yep, super, and well, an absolute supervision yeah. of someone for six hours a day yeah. uh, for the majority of their childhood. Okay. And developmental period, and yeah. not have that person count as someone who is raising your children. Six, six is the end of brain development, but okay. How about the idea that it takes a village to raise a child? Do you believe that? Because the school is part of the village. Uh, well, I think that is a, because that's an expression. It's a cute expression, but I don't yeah, know. it is an expression. Yeah, it's cute, but it's also <laughs> like it's real, your, na- your neighborhood and the people around you are all part of sure. the raising of your child. Yeah, it's I would not, say that's not a that's situation not anymore. No, not uh, I'm anymore. Not but yeah. it was. I guess at some point. So it was, and it stopped. Okay, back then, yeah. when was... Well, when, are we, when are we talking about? 
Like when well, was, you're the one who said when was not, this village raising children? You just you just yeah. set up that it's not anymore. So it's up to you to tell me when it stopped. Yeah, I don't know if it ever happened. You don't think the village raises a child? I you don't, don't think the community is part of the raising of a child? I don't know. What, I don't know what community you're talking about. A community, the people around yeah, you. Yeah, but well, who are these people? Like I, your neighbors, your community. Do you think like if you're if you you're, feel like if your you, neighbors, if you send your kids to sports, yeah. uh, the coach. Uh, guess, if you and yeah. again school, uh, Cub Scouts, Girl Scouts, uh, anything that uh, is is part of the community. Yeah, you know they are part of the raising of your child. Mm. I know it doesn't feel great as a parent to abdicate uh, or, 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 or you know divide up the responsibility of that kind of thing, but you know that's definitely a saying, and it's a saying for a reason. Is it uh, incorrect? I don't know if it's incorrect. I don't know if it's an ideal situation. It's not even ideal. It's just, I mean, is I, it real? I don't feel like as I, when I grew up that parents, I mean, parents who knew me were interested in me, but I don't feel like strangers were, were out looking out for me. Well, they're not your community. Your community no. would be your neighbors. Like an, an example of that would be when I was a, a kid. If I would run outside and play, I'd be playing with kids, and the neighbors would like look out the window at the kids mm-hmm. they were playing, and they'd keep an eye. Sure. Okay. And if something happened, they'd call yeah, yeah. my mom. Yeah. Or they'd uh, let people know. Or they'd. Or if something happened, they'd come out and go, "Are you okay? Yeah. What's going on? Do you need some water? Are you all right? What's going on? Sure. And like we knew our neighbors generally, yeah. and and we knew the neighbors that could help and could not and then eventually they did that block parent thing where they actually had signs in the window because yeah. you know they were worried about you know pedophiles so it was like okay if you got a block parent sign in the window then this is part of the community you can trust sure and that's what we were that's what we were told that you could go to their homes if there was trouble but that yeah. was definitely community uh i guess i don't know if that's raising but that's okay Okay, but that, you're asking what's community. Yeah, yeah. You're changing the question. I'm just trying to figure out. Like, every, every, every so often you keep no, changing the No, no, I'm not changing definitions. it. I'm just trying to understand like, well, what you're, you Well, your mean. last question was what's community. Yeah, yeah. And so I've defined what community is. Okay. okay but and then I said to you, I don't know if that's raising what you described to me. Okay, so you don't believe children. that it takes a, takes a village to raise a child. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Okay. I don't know what that means. All right. It's a, like I said, it's a cute expression, but I don't know what it means. That's, that society has... That we should an ob- live in a village. I think, I think what it means is society has an obligation to children. Yeah. And we are part of the raising of children, even if it is not directly our own children. Yeah. You are not just raised by uh, two or however many individuals are your guardians. Yeah. You are raised by the people uh, that surround you and teach you values and teach you what you are worth and protect you and or harm you yeah. and all of these things. And I definitely think part of that, a huge part of that, is school. Hmm. I think that's where you learn a lot of who you are yeah. and you learn a lot of what defines you. Mm. And uh, and that's very hard to deny. And I definitely think that schools are part of the uh, community and or village you know, uh, that you've got around. That's part of like, you know, a, a huge part of your life. You know, um, when you're a kid, your your world is a couple of blocks. And usually that part of that couple of blocks is your school. Yeah. You know, and that's your entire world. And then as you get older, you it expands a bit. But high school definitely is a huge part of your world. Right. Especially as you're pushing against your parents and you're trying to push them away yeah. when you're a teenager, yeah. then your then your school and the people you know from your school and yeah, your well, friends at your school uh, then become even a yeah. greater part of your. But that's not uh, the teachers. That's your that's your buddies at school. Do you think your your friends are part of your raising? <sighs> no. 
Okay, I would disagree with that. I don't think, well, I mean, they're part of your socializing. They're part of, you do learn things from your friends, but you'll, you learn good and bad things from, from okay, people. Okay, I, I guess I would just say generally, what do you define as raising? Yeah, I think raising is, like I said, love, parental love, feeding, housing, you know, teaching basic life skills, like, you know, that you learn from your parents as you grow grow up, you know. Um, I don't think that, and I would separate that from what you learn when you get to school. I don't think it's the school's job to to love us, to raise us, like to to teach us, you know, like, like I think when you go to get to school, you should like know how to use the toilet. Okay. You should be already like be able to, you know, dress yourself. You should be able to... You know, all the basic things that you've learned from your parents that are going to set you up for life to a degree. Sure. Um, You're saying the social skills, yeah. And as you say, like, don't steal, don't this. Yeah, those things that you learn over time. know how to wipe your butt. Of course, I agree with you. Like, you're not born with the innate knowledge that theft is wrong. But you do learn that from your parents or from someone in your life that it's bad to steal, that it's bad to hurt other people. These are things that you shouldn't do. You shouldn't punch someone that you just meet, you know. You shouldn't call people bad things. You know, which I did as a kid, you know, described a lady in an unflattering way to her because I didn't know it was wrong. Right. Obviously, my mom told me it was wrong and I didn't do it anymore. I Those are just, learning things that you, yeah, as you I were mean, raised. I, okay, let me give you an example then. So, so I would agree that, you know, your ethics should be presented generally by your parents or yeah. what have you. So it's like, don't call somebody a name. Yeah. Okay. So that's something your parents should tell you. Yeah. But the practical application of that will occur at school. When someone either calls you a name yes. or you call someone else a name, mm-hmm. and this is the practical, your parents are not there. Yeah. And the practical application will then present itself and you will learn what happens when you do call someone a name or you are called a name. Yeah. What will what will happen? Will that person get into trouble? Yeah. Will that person be rewarded and given laughter and well done? Yes. That was good <laughs> that you called that person a name. You're, yeah. you know, but it's, it's not good. the teachers who are clapping and applauding. It's the other students. I hope okay. you're making well, that clear, two, right? There's two things. One, there is at the at the at, at the start. There's yeah. your peers yeah. will teach you mm-hmm. uh, what happens when that occurs. Yeah. But then, if a teacher hears it, yeah. this is the practical example now of what occurs. Do they come up and just go walk it off? Don't let it bother you. Mm-hmm. Do they go? Let me talk to that kid. Now that kid's in trouble, and this is what happens. Yeah, you know, or you know, hey, you should fight back and don't take that from him. You tell him what he is instead. Yeah. All three are scenarios that could occur. Sure. All th- three are very different scenarios. Sure. But if you're, as a kid, learning that, and mm. this is how the world works, yeah. I feel that is part of your raising. You are learning the practical applications of the things that sure. you know, your parents uh, initially told you. Yeah, but I think you already have like a, a moral grounding that makes those makes whatever those choices are appealing to you. Like, not all those choices you said there are appealing to me. Like, I as a kid, I wouldn't want it to fight okay, another kid. Okay, but you kid. will see how the world works. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. You'll see it. Yeah, you'll see what you've learned in theory and in, in practical action. Right. You know, yeah. I got and, if, and depending on what you see, mm-hmm. that will have an impact probably on sure. you and, and, it'll, and how it'll you be will part react of, to the yeah. future. If you yeah. learn that it's okay for kids to te- call you names, yeah. that will affect you in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think sure. it will affect your raising in a different way than if you learn, hey, you're not it'll allowed affect, to Yeah, it'll that. affect your development, but yeah. Yeah, your development. Well, there, sure. I guess there we go. That's a different Is there word. a difference yeah. between yes. raising and development? Yes, because that's just a natural part Because of raising is part of development, but not all development is part of raising. Exactly. Okay, all right. Yeah. And I think those are things that affect you. Like, 
you know, as a kid who had to wear glasses very early in school, I started in kindergarten. Right. I got absolutely made fun of. Yeah, you were a nerdling. That was, was rightful. That was good. That was good that the kids did that. I was called worse than that by, other ki- by kids who are older than me. I did not fight those kids. Mm-hmm. I hid my glasses. That seemed the best alter- you know, the best way to deal with it was just to get rid of the offensive things that so were causing you, problems. So what you learned was to hide yeah. what you are. For sure. For sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was a big that was a part of your development but not part of your raising. That's, yeah, exactly. My parents would not have liked to know that about me. You know, and I didn't share that with them, of course. They would not have liked to know that about you because what would they have done? I just think that they wouldn't have thought that, that was like a good idea to me for them to spend a lot of money on glasses and me not to use them. So they would have blamed you for I, doing yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know what they would how they would have felt about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put I don't want to put actions on my parents. They, they never could I, they have called you a baby. They might have called me a baby. Oh, I don't. I don't think my parents were. I'm really tying that things way. back to the original statement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My parents would My parents weren't name callers. Well, my mom is a bit of a name caller, but not baby. Yeah, dummy. My, my dad. Dummy is what I got. Yeah, my dad was uh, was uh, slappy, uh, mm. but uh, but if he ever called me a name, he would usually apologize for that later. Okay. To which I would like think in my head, well, I don't care a shit about this. But, you know, the hitting is much worse than, you know, you calling me stupid. But for some reason, he thought I think, calling me stupid was worse. But I think the stupid will stick longer than the slap. No. Really? No. You still, you remember all. the slaps? Oh, fuck But you yeah. don't think of yourself as stupid? No. Hmm. No. I might call myself stupid if, yeah. uh, if there's something. But I was also very uh, self-abusive, you know, yeah. later on because okay. you continue that okay. side of things. But if you, were to, if you were to ask me, like, sticks and stones yeah, or yeah. Uh, words, <laughs> I'll take... Uh, you say sticks and stones are worse than words. Uh, no, I would say, yeah, much worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 100%. Okay, fair enough. Uh, as someone who wasn't hit, obviously, it's hard for me to... to, to call, I mean, I was spanked, but I don't consider spanking abuse because it's not like a, a continual reign of unexpected... It was a contextual thing, yeah. yeah. You know, I did something that was wrong that I knew involved the possibility of getting corporal punishment. And it was the 70s, and it was a different, <laughs> and it was a thing. Yeah. And to be fair to my mom, she did it in the most slapdash way possible. That was ridiculous. So, you know, like it wasn't... It, it was, sounds like a synonym for spanking. It was more... It was more... It was more the the build-up to it that was more... That was worse than the actual spanking, to be honest. Yeah. But, that's, oh, how most, that's how most punishment but, works. But, oh, getting there was so good. Getting there was so great. It was almost worth it, really. Tell your mom bit in her tongue. And once you knew she was biting her tongue, you knew, oh, I've done it. Too far. Went too far. Yeah. Damn it. Um, it's still better, it, to, better to get some reaction but I than could no literally, reaction. I could literally count the number of times on that on three fingers that I got spanked as a kid. So I don't consider it like abuse. I just Because like you say, it was the time the times it was considered, okay, I got a spanking at school when I was in kindergarten. You know, this is the, that was the times. That was considered to be an appropriate way to... Mm-hmm to uh, control children. Yeah, remember how uh, the school would always like to tell you about how just before you, <laughs> we had the paddle and we had this, that, and the other. And, uh, you know, you couldn't say you couldn't say shit mm-hmm. about it, but you wanted to just go, how'd that work out for you guys? Yeah. Everyone perfect? Everyone good? Sure. Everyone great about that? Yeah, it all worked out good? Okay. Well, that's, nice. that's something that Mary... All uh, well-balanced uh, people? Mary dealt with a lot at the, the home was, was uh, you know... Uh, Parents saying things like, oh, I'm surprised your parents just didn't beat that out of you. I mean, like, my parents did not, did not do that. So that's not that's not a thing anymore. That's, that's not how the life works, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's terrible. You know, it's like them claiming, you know, exclaiming against the fact that kids can't do cursive writing. Although they would get 
letters from kids from elementary school sent to them that would have cursive writing in them, and they would still insist the kids didn't do cursive writing. I had a weird, uh, yeah, I had a weird experience uh, recently because I just, I, 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 because of what we were talking about on one of our shows, I, I put a thing up on Facebook just about kind of some of my experiences, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and got a lot of feedback from people that was very positive, and a lot of people from. My past that was it was it was very very something uh, that we talked about on this show yeah I got a lot of re- reaction yeah a little a, a little bit yeah how it, come it things I triggered. say don't get any reaction it from people it was kind of triggered by you know, uh, things yeah okay anyway it was just about you know it was it was about you know the uh, being hit at home kind of oh, okay. made me uh, more of a target at oh school. you wrote about this on Facebook yes yeah yes and yes. Uh, you know because you know I knew to it's I a knew difficult to take read. To, to take a hit difficult read and uh, and whatnot but there was a, there was an odd thing because my mother's uh, stepsister wrote wrote in and. And, uh, and you know, I was saying how you know uh, some of my, my mom really didn't do a lot about this and whatnot, and she, and she started talking about how you know when she was a kid with my my mom, you know, we were never abused and we never had this happen, and so, I'm sorry you had to go through this, and uh, yeah, my mom was. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. And then uh, so so I, I but it's not my place to mm. to say Step that. Step into this yes. on there. Yeah, yeah. And so I said like, well, it's not. And I said that I said it's not my place to speak for for my mother, you know, and what and what she went through. Yeah. You know, but uh, blah 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 blah. And I I mentioned things about why we're estranged. And she went, well, yeah, you know, we did have uh, that situation, you know, uh, I, I, we were, we were, I knew her from ages, you know, eight to 15 and, you okay. know, when she was about 10, you know, uh, it was, it was, uh, you know, my mother, you know, had a nervous breakdown and I'm just like, yeah, that's right. That's exactly when, so you're saying that wasn't a, a time that was trouble and you think, you know, yeah, I know that's when the shit went down and really mm. horrible things happened. Okay. And it was just interesting seeing someone just go like. Yeah, well, nothing bad happened. Hmm. Oh, except what? Oh, except this, you know, big, big thing that <laughs> big happened. Trauma. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mentioned, uh, you know, just back to her again because I can't say specifically that I know what happened and it was some bad shit. Yeah. Um, but like my dad had a nervous breakdown, and again, this is a, during a time when nervous breakdown covered a lot of fucking ground. Mm-hmm. That was just that was a way of saying too much happened something happened yeah. we're just going to cover it all with this umbrella yeah. but uh, but it was such a huge source of shame for him that it was the family secret was no one could ever hear that my dad had a nervous breakdown no one could ever talk about my dad's nervous breakdown and i think that led to a lot of you know the the bad shit that happened was having to cover this up and and not mention mm-hmm. it and he could never get help for it or yeah. anything or whatever the thing was yeah because it was just this uh this big source of shame it's weird isn't it yeah. i mean but nervous breakdown yeah is this umbrella term that people go oh yeah i know what that means it's like no you don't no. that's that's like everything no. in the world back then was under that and umbrella. yeah it doesn't mean that you necessarily like ended up in an institution or anything nope. you just you know I know I would describe what I went through in my late, I guess mid thirties as a as a as sort of a nervous breakdown, like just you know, yep. I just wasn't functioning properly. It would have been called that back in the day. I wasn't functioning properly, and and I needed to talk to someone about it, you know. And I went for counseling and stuff. And the thing is, the girls know all about that. The girls have always known about that, about what I was feeling at the time, mm-hmm. you know, that I did have suicidal thoughts, and it had nothing to do with them, you know, like. Uh, by the way, that's fucking important that you mention that because <laughs> yeah. that's the kind of thing that's hereditary. Yeah. And if you if you yeah. dummy up about that when exactly. stuff happens with them later yeah. on, they've got nothing to. And you it's know. not just that; it's that it's a runs in our family. It's a genetic yeah thing that you know that depression 
is part of our family makeup, that my grandfather also had a nervous breakdown and was institutionalized and was went through shock therapy. Um, my aunt had it. Um, I've had other cousins that suffer from it. You know, uh, Mary goes to counseling and is on is, takes uh, prescription medicine for medication for depression. So yeah, these are all these. You know, and it's good that she knew that that was yeah something that could happen. That she was able to once again be way more effective than I ever was. I wouldn't have occurred to me as a twenty year old or even younger than that. Like she was going to university when this happened and feeling a lot of pressure from university and and it would never have occurred to me. In fact, it didn't. I went to university and yeah. if you look at my tra- school transcript, it is like a like a, a wave, like one of those, you know, up and down waves where I'm like up, great marks, yeah, down, terrible marks, up, great marks, down, terrible marks. Every every year, every yeah. semester is like that, you know. And I just, and of course, it never occurred to me. And the one time it did occur to me after I had cancer and I was feeling really shell shocked and just so out of it and and. Which is another word for what they would call a nervous breakdown later <laughs> nervous on. Breakdown These later are on. all the blanket terms, by the <laughs> yes, way. Yes, I'm using them all here. And I went to my doctor and I said, you know, I'm just feeling like really sad. And at, at ends, I don't, I don't know. I just can't seem to like get my life in mm-hmm. gear. I can't be interested in anything. I yeah. can't like all the things that I was so enthusiastic about before I, you know, like comics, like doing, being like an artist and all stuff. I just, I just so, I can't care about it right now like i said i don't know what's wrong with me and he's like oh well you know and, it's, and i actually said like should i i would like to talk to him about this or you know should i like see see a counselor or like a psychologist or something and he's like oh just you know chin up and you'll be fine <laughs> and you know that was his generation wow. of course he was a british guy who yeah, grew up yeah. in the group during the war and that was part of their you know i remember reading i would, a, I would love to have a word with that fellow <laughs> well he's passed away now good and he was super helpful good. he's not hurting anybody then he That's was good. medically i hope he was buried with his chin up let me just say he was i don't know i'm not gonna say his name but he was medically so helpful to me uh-huh. you know like when i was sick with cancer like he sure. he used all his all his influence to get me in like they opened up the good. lab early to get me in for a testing and stuff like mm-hmm. that when i they thought i might have bone cancer and you know he really went all out for stuff like that right but when it came to this thing that was such a blind spot generation generation generationally that was it yeah his response wasn't yeah maybe you should go talk to someone maybe we'll see if we can find a psychologist or someone who will help you and blah 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 no it's just chin up other people have had cancer you know they've got through it you know but did they do it healthily i don't know like i don't know what yeah (laughs) yeah you're 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 thinking about the ones that uh that are still around yeah that's right yeah 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 yeah. you're right no that's great and it was funny because like when i went through the cancer routine like the the whole the th- thing when i came out the other end he's like he actually said to me i'd I'd love for you to to go and like talk to other people who are suffering because i think you you did such a great job going through this you know and i was you know and i was like oh well thanks but you know then like a month a couple months later i'm back and i'm like you know i'm really like not doing well it's <laughs> like uh maybe i should have gone to that counseling thing but that's the thing it didn't occur to me no. to like step outside of that to like like Mary, when she was going to university, went to a school counselor and talked to like a, a university counselor there. And those things were an option when I was going to UBC. And it never occurred to me to go and talk to, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. these kind of practical things that the girls know what to do, I just never not thought to, about them. Yeah, not to tie it back to uh, my thesis. <laughs> but this feels this feels like the kind of thing, that, again, high school or school. I don't, I think... I, but but if, what, if I would tie it to a thesis. I would tie it to the generational thesis that once again, my sure. parents also were people that did not seek that kind of care okay. and didn't talk about it 
I never heard about my grandfather having a nervous breakdown when I was right. a kid. That wasn't until I was much older that that was talked but about. But there was clearly, okay, I remember like there used to be ads for like Zenith 1, 2, 3, 4 and whatever. I thought that was a child abuse line. It was a child abuse line, but it would also help you with um, uh, psychological uh, situation oh, or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, well, I had a, you know, a good friend of mine uh, was being abused and was having a lot of problems. Mm. And uh, her situation was, I don't know what Zenith is. Mm. What the, what's that? There's no zenith on the dial. Oh. What are you talking about? I don't know how this works. Yeah, yeah. So they, uh, you know, they didn't know to like hit operator and then tell the operator that. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know what? There's a real. You're, you're used to like old timey folks who know like a term and they know to call the operator and go, "Give me Klondike 519." <laughs> it's like kids don't understand yeah, how this yeah, goes at all. Yeah. But uh, here, here's just backing this up. I think this also goes back to the other things we were talking about, which is our gut instinct is to say, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't say, I'm fine, you're a baby. So, like, you, you, yeah. you know, what, whatever happens, you fall, you know, you're a kid and you fall on your face. Yeah. And your you parents know, you, say, and, and you, you gotta go, you know, you go, eh, oh, you're a baby. Oh, but like, yeah. you know, or, or, you, or you, how are you, how are you doing? Are you okay? I'm yeah. fine. Good for you. Good yeah, yeah. You. That kid, yeah. that kid's, that kid's walking it off. <laughs> That's a big baby over yeah, there. That, that, yeah, even though he is a baby, and like, you know, maybe we should uh, yeah, find yeah. out whether he knocked some teeth out or not. Yeah. No, no, no. Just yeah. you keep it to yourself. You're Chin rewarded. Up. You're for okay. This. Walk it off. Walk it off. Yeah. So we're so as things progress, your your instinct, and again, fall on the ice. My head's bleeding. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to people while my head's bleeding. I've yeah. got a concussion. I'm like seeing stars. And I'm like, I'm fine. And that's, and I'm an adult fucking person who knows shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I should know. Yeah, hi, I should go to a hospital now. But I'm like, my instinct is immediately, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to make a fuss. Yeah. Of course not. I'm good. You know what? I'll walk there. I'll walk there. I'm good. <laughs> and I'm sincere. I'm thinking I can yeah, walk yeah. there. I should. I don't want to bother these nice people. Yeah. I got to go uh, do that. And I've, I, But I did know enough to call my wife, yeah. who's smarter than me, and is going to talk <laughs> me out of that. Well, yeah. Not necessarily smarter than you, but outside of your situation. And so your, your uh, instincts to pretend right. that you're, everything's good, you know, she doesn't have that because she's concerned about you. Yeah, but your instinct as well is like... You're going through pain, yeah. and you've got to go. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You got to, yeah, no. And if you if you're not, this is a flaw in your character. Or... Well, but it's a it's a fact. My doctor told me this when I went to see. see wasn't actually my doctor, but my, the fill in doctor because my doctor's on maternity leave. Um, told me that married men live longer than unmarried men because their wives will make them go to the doctor. Whereas men who are single, their their instinct because they're men, tough tough guys, macho men. Yeah, you know. Lone Wolf McQuaid's, they will say, uh, I'm fine. I'm okay. You know, why are you, why is your pee coming out one drip at a time? Ah, I'm fine. This takes me longer to pee. I'm okay. You know. I think there's a side thing to that, which isn't necessarily that it's, which is, look, I do think going to the doctor, yes. But I think when you're in a, in a relationship, at least if it's a good relationship, mm-hmm. you're more used to on a daily basis asking for help from another person and not help as in like, I need help. I'm weak. But as in just like, you know, uh, do you want to do you want a hand doing the dishes? Yeah. 
I'll have a hand doing the dishes here. Let's do the dishes together. Or, or do something together. Or you're out mm. gardening or you whatever. You're more used to the other person, you know, helping you and you work together and you're a team. And so you're more used to accepting that you aren't, yeah, they say a lone wolf. Mm-hmm. But yes, there also is definitely go to the doctor. As I said, when I was at the emergency, there's always people going like, I'm leaving. No, you're not. I'm leaving. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's either usually the, well, the wife or the mom. That's why I went to the doctor. Cause my, yeah. Because Lisa said... You should, you should make a doctor's appointment and go see the doctor because you're... Damn right. You're peeing very slowly. I said, okay, I'll do that then. And I had a large prostate. So I'm on medication. Good. I had a, an embarrassing uh, medical thing yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, prescription-wise, uh, where, I, again, my neighbor was here. I'm not going to say what neighbor. Let's say it was a neighbor <laughs> from not where I mentioned before. Yeah. Different neighbor. Different neighbor. Different guy. Yeah. Totally guy. Uh, woman. A child. It's my child neighbor. A, small, a six-year-old a child. Baby. He's a baby. <laughs> it's a big baby. Who comes over. Uh, but uh, we were talking about things because he was asking, you know, uh, about, uh, you know, uh, the the AFib that I had. Okay. Uh, or have. And I'm on a blood thinner. And he was asking, oh, is it Werefin? And I went, uh, no, I'm on a, a Pixaban. You know, I was like, oh, Werefin. And, uh, and I was about to go on a thing about Werefin, how much, like, I really don't want to, like, that stuff is terrible. Yeah. And he was like, I'm on Werefin. Ooh, boy. Ooh, <laughs> Jeez. And my dad is on that, too. Yeah. It's, or he uh, was. I don't know if he still is. Yeah. It really limits uh, a lot of things you can eat. Oh, like okay. Like, leafy vegetables and, and okay. spinach and things. And a lot of things yeah. I really like to eat. Mm. Uh, but you got to be really careful sure. about that. Sure it's, you do. Spinach. It's, it's a... Like a pixaban is very precise, and mm. and uh, and uh, and werefin is a sledgehammer from the old timey days. <laughs> okay. So whenever I do mention to to like if I am at like at a hospital or a doctor's office or whatever, and they ask, so what are you on? And uh, you on uh, werefin? And I'm like, I know I'm on a pixaban. It's like, oh, good. <laughs> that's that's always the case. It's just okay. like, yeah, that's better. That's mm. better for you. It's yeah, because the other thing is just a uh, you know the Kool Aid man busting through a wall. <laughs> Oh yeah, but I just I like oh shit. I'm being a oh I'm being a making him feel bad about his wear and I'm like no, I heard good stuff and, and then I just had to go yeah. I heard oh, so you actually did start to put it down. I started a little bit and I was able to like slide back okay. and just go yeah. I just yeah I like spinach. Depends and, who it works for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't like spinach. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he doesn't like spinach. Yeah, yeah. it's probably because he was a little kid, right? Remember we've established that. Yeah, a little kid. <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> Wait, cough, cough. was this Popeye? Yeah, it was. was oh, he likes spinach. <laughs> yeah. So, so Dave. Yeah. Um. Uh. Is this one of those weeks that we talk about? Uh, sure, if you want. Things. Sure, sounds good. If you want. I don't know how long we've gone because I don't have a. We keep turning it off and on, so I don't have an accurate count of how long we've been. Okay. Blabbing. Well, we can stop. We can stop and then start. No, that's fine. Okay. I just mean I don't know how long we've already the whole like, the length of the show. Oh, I can tell you. Oh. Uh, we started at. Uh, okay. Yeah, we started at three. It's now five twenty-five our time. Wow. Yeah. We do like to talk. We do. Speaking of talking, let me just find my notes. <laughs> talking this, this about vampire. people. Talking about things. Let me find my notes for a vampire talking soap opera. Talking about vampires. Thing. Let's give them something All right, to everyone. talk about. Let's blah, start it. Blah. This is... Uh, hey, here's a vampire bit of trivia. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, you know uh, Fantasia? And yes, I that, do. Uh, with a big demon on the mountain? Yes, the Night on uh, Bald Mountain. Yeah. yeah uh, what actor uh, portrayed that demon as a model and modeled for uh, Disney? It wouldn't have been Bella Lugosi, would it? Exactly, a shirtless Bella Lugosi. Really? Yeah, I looked at some uh, photos of the shirtless Bella Lugosi as the demon. Uh, he's just like himself, right? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. Modeling in the poses sure, for Fantasia. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's Bella Lugosi. That's fun. That's nice vampire trivia. There now you on go. To you. Thank you, because it's time for 
dark shadows and we're everyone what's going on what is what is going on here um what's the blood it's been, you know the problem is when we like are off or off for a little bit then i i forget oh wait a second okay but i did write in a different color so i think this is okay all right um episode 745 of uh, dark dark shadows for those holy who are counting holy, at what home. are they us <laughs> uh as i mentioned last time an armed quentin uh, is skulking around the old house. This okay. is where Barnabas is living, of course, because he always goes and lives in the old house. Right. Now, a gun, will a gun kill a vampire in this world? I don't know. All right. I've not seen it I tested. wasn't sure if it's a silver bullet. Like, sometimes a silver bullet will kill mm-hmm. a vampire. Mm-hmm. All right. It's Continue, possible. please. Uh, he goes into the old house because he's impatient. He cannot wait outside. He finds Barnabas's letter to Magda. Does this sound familiar, what I'm talking about? Not yet. I, but it's been a very short start. Okay. Um, now, the letter... I feel like I read this before. Let me just... Let me just Glance ahead here. Am I going backwards here? Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Do, do, do. Sorry, everyone. I'm going to cut this out anyway. I don't think I read this. Okay. <laughs> Quentin breaks into the house. He finds Barnabas's letter to Magda. And the letter tells Magda, okay. and thus Quentin, where Jenny is. Then uh, uh, Quentin, of course, being a jerk, he crumbles up the letter and just throws it in the fireplace. So now Magda can't know as well, right? right. So only he knows where Jenny is. Uh, and... In case it's not clear, he he wants to kill Jenny. He wants to kill his wife. Okay. Uh, to get rid of her. She's, of course, a mad woman. Which, and also stabbed him and killed him before he was brought back to life by Angelique conveniently. Right. We can't blame her. She's a mad woman. She's a mad woman. Yes. She's a mad woman. You marry a mad woman, that's what you get. Yes. If you marry a mad woman, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Upstairs in Josette's room, Jenny is imagining herself as a young woman about to marry Quentin. Okay. And she is delighted to hear... His knock at the door. <laughs> so, as uh, so, she's on one side, like, "Oh, it's Quentin," and he's on the side with a gun, <laughs> trying to open this door. Yeah, he's inter- interrupted by Beth, who has come to uh, a, well, mostly prevent him from killing Jenny. She insists that Quentin come downstairs, and so she finally able to get him to down downstairs. And despite Quentin's attempts to make her an accomplice to the murder, so he is. Presenting this to her as a great thing. If I murder Jenny, then I can marry you, the true love of my life. Yeah. That old hag upstairs. What do I care about her when this, you beautiful young woman in here, I will kill her and then we can live together, of That's course. That's what everyone wants to hear. And uh, so he's sort of dangling this marriage in her face, but Beth will not break. <laughs> she insists that she, she says, well, what kind of happiness would we have if we're running from you murdering someone? <laughs> what would be great about that? Uh, so she finally succeeds in making him give her the gun. Uh, so, um, then she finds, uh, Jenny's locket on the, on the stand and she's looking at that and she kind of takes it and and she's kind of hiding it from Quentin. Quentin is curious to know why Barnabas locked Jenny in her room. Hmm. Like what is, what is her affairs, Barnabas's affairs? And he's kind of, you know, he's been sort of against Barnabas the whole time. So he decides he's going to go and ask him. He's going to find him. So he goes upstairs to search the house for Barnabas. Soon after he leaves, Magda arrives Finding Beth in the drawing room. She notices that Beth has a, something in her hands and okay. she insists on looking at it. And uh, Beth, of course, Beth attempts to hide it because she doesn't want Magda to know about Jenny being in the house. But Magda s- snatches it from her. And when she sees it, she seems strangely affected by it. And she says, I know who this belongs to. At that moment, Quentin returns. And despite Magda's persistent request that he leave, he decides he's going to wait for Barnabas, but she keeps saying, like, Barnabas, as the usual thing, Barnabas has gone to town on business, 
you know, what business? It's none of my business to know what business Barnabas is busying himself with, so I do not know, but he will not be back until dusk. Dusk? Yes, dusk. And uh, he's like, well, why? Well, that's a very strangely specific time. Well, he's, why is he returning at dusk? I don't know. That's just what time he'll be back at. Yeah. But he decides he's going to wait. Quentin suggests an information exchange. But when Magda laughingly mocks Beth's suggestion that they get Judith's permission, he decides to leave. So um, Beth, of course, he says, well, you know, if we're going to like be talking about upstairs, what's going on upstairs, because no one should know about Jenny being upstairs. This is a family secret. No one should know. Once we were talking about it, no one should know there's a mad woman in the family. Yeah. That's a shame to the family. That's sure, sure. humiliating for people to know about Yeah, this. what will the neighbors think? What will the neighbors think? Exactly. Even though the neighbors are miles away because yeah. they live in a huge acreage. What do you mean the Adams family next door? I don't <laughs> think they'll care. <laughs> I don't think they... <laughs> Other side of the house, it's the monsters. <laughs> so Quentin decides he's going to leave. He's not, not going to listen to this mockery from this gypsy. I said that in a, you know, yeah. at the time. I'm not... You know, I have a thing against gypsies. Um, he takes Beth with him. Though, I just want to find that out. Upstairs, Ginny continues continues to monologue into a mirror. So she's, <laughs> you know, she's a mad woman, so there's a lot of like stuff she's talking this about. This is good uh, soap opera business. Like but a guy the, at the other end of the door with a gun, the, uh, yeah, yeah, into a mirror. It's, sure, it's, it's good. Now, you know, when a mad woman monologues, of course, they're going to reveal stuff about themselves. So she reveals that she was not accepted by the family when she came to the family. Sure. They did not like her. Um, they wanted. They didn't want Quentin to marry her, and when he did, it was a family disgrace and blah blah blah. And she, so she's making this all very clear for us. Now Sandor returns, and Magda shows him the locket. She says it is a sign, but we don't know what this, a sign it is. Jenny's still endlessly monologuing upstairs. I just want to point that out. I can't <laughs> read everything she said because this is like I would just fill a book. Uh, but she convinces herself that Barnabas killed Quentin. So this is during all this stuff. She's like, well, you know, Barnabas was jealous, and that, even though Barnabas obviously tried to help her, and is one, the one person who has like been humane to her, mm-hmm. and he's a vampire, uh, she begins to think that he has killed Quentin. She begins to cry hysterically. Magda and Sandor hear her cries from downstairs, and Magda quickly goes up the stairs to investigate, because she, she, she recognizes the voice, so she knows that Jenny's in the house. They enter the room, and they find Jenny. Now Jenny clearly knows them because she is stuck in the past right now. So she's okay. she has like this sort of awareness of her past life. And she recognized them and she's angry that they have come to her. And she says, I don't want anything to do with you. I disown you. I disavow you. And she dismisses them as nothing but gypsies. And Magda points out that Jenny is also a gypsy. Jenny denies this, stating, I am not who I was. I am who I will be. Okay. And Magda realizes that Jenny is... Uh, nuttier than a fruitcake is what I wrote in sure, my notes sure, sure. here. Yeah, yeah. And she sends Sander out to get a cross. I guess there's some way to like drive out this demonic spirit that is driving Jenny crazy. Magda goes to Jenny and says one word to her. Sister. <laughs> Plastics. <laughs> Plastics. That's right. Made out of soybeans. Come on, you can get in on this hee-haw. I don't want it on your... <laughs> anyway. So this seems to briefly bring Jenny to her senses. Okay. But she is soon overcome by her fixation on Quentin and is soon ranting about Quentin's love for her. When Magda is distracted, looking for Sandor's return, Jenny hits her on her head, knocking her out. Jenny runs downstairs to the front door, but as she puts her hand on the doorknob, she changes her mind. She says she must wait for Quentin to come and get her. How will he know where she is if she's running around outside? So she finds the door to the cellar and goes downstairs. Upstairs, Sandor is helping a groggy Magda to her feet. She insists that Sandor search the upper story while she goes outside. Meanwhile, in the cellar, 
Jenny has found the coffin. She's distraught, thinking that it's Quentin, because of course he was killed by Barnabas. She opens the lid. Dot, dot, dot. Magda's outside the old house, calling for Jenny. Disappointed, she comes back into the old house when she notices that the cellar door is not a door. It is a jar. <laughs> How could I resist that joke, folks? Come no, on. Fine. Yeah, you're dead. Come on. She quickly goes downstairs where she hears Jenny crying. When Jenny says, when Jenny sees, when Jenny sees the coffin, she laughs and says, Barnabas is dead. Magda is horrified. If Barnabas were to discover that she knows his secret, she would be dead. I just want to point out to Ian that if you look here in this writing, this is where I fell asleep while I was writing this. (laughs) And I woke up and my shirt had a huge spot from the felt I like to write with on it. And it had gone through onto my skin and my one finger was also uh, like a green color from the, oh, from the felt. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was quite the uh, sleep, I guess. Anyway, I wrote, after a long, torturous, then I fell asleep. That's the last word I wrote that <laughs> night. Uh, after a long, torturous ordeal for Magda to convince Jenny not to tell anyone about the coffin uh, and Barnabas, she succeeds. But see, Jenny is so excited by this because she's like, wait till I tell Quentin that Barnabas is dead. He'll be so excited. <laughs> and she thinks it's a great joke because wait till I tell him that I thought he was in the coffin and I was so sad, but it was actually <laughs> Barnabas. He'll think it's hilarious. And Magda's like, no, no one can know about this because if you tell anyone about this, we're all dead. Yeah. So, and what will the neighbors think? And what will the neighbors think? <laughs> this is even more humiliating than the fact that you're a mad woman. Um, now, uh, I prefer crazy pants. <laughs> but what the neighbors think of your pants are crazy. She also succeeds in, in bustling Jenny out of the basement and back upstairs to Josette's room. Now, Quentin, who was shooed away earlier by Beth, is not exactly pleased with the way things have gone. He is pacing around the front of the old house, playing with a length of rope, making garret, garret actions with it. So making loops and pulling it tight. Imagine if someone's throat was in here. That would show them. <laughs> Impulsively, he re-enters the old house, but his, his way upstairs to, Jenny's, uh, to Jenny is blocked by Magda. Magda is fierce in her protection of Jenny because, of course, it's her sister. So. Yeah. She makes a sign with her fingers and threatens a terrible curse on him if he so much as lays a finger on her. Quentin makes like a rabbit and eats leaves. <laughs> I thought it was funny when I wrote it. Later, It's no ajar, but it's uh, pretty good. <laughs> Later, Barnabas wakes up. Uh, Sorry. That's okay. Crumble, crumble. Yeah, we're back. Uh, Later, Barnabas wakes up, and Magda is imperative that Sandor be released from his bonds so that they can take Jenny away. Okay. Barnabas refuses. He states that he must act in the interest of the two children from the future. He explains to her why he's there. He is not of their time. He is here to protect children who are being affected by the ghost of Quentin, and he needs to figure out what's happening. And he points out that his presence in the in this time has already changed the course of events. Because without him there in the old house, it would have been empty, and no and no one would have been able to take care of Jenny, and something okay. bad could have happened to her. So um, now Magda goes away, and soon after this, Judith arrives. So she's been told by Beth that that Jenny's here, and so she's come to, of course. Save face, because this is humiliating, that this distant relative of the family, who's come from England, as we all know, that's, that's where uh, Barnabas is from. You can tell from his Canadian accent <laughs> that he's from England. So um, she, she arrives, and then Magda, come, now she decides she's going to confront Judith, 
that, you know, you have imprisoned Jenny. And she says, we did not imprison her. We locked her up for her own care. She was a danger to herself. And yes. so we've been looking after her. Uh, yes, we kept it a secret because we didn't want to be humiliated by, by her. But yeah, other than that, it's fine, right? We're looking after her. Right. Uh, because she felt um, an obligation because of Quentin's role in her breakdown. You know, she was married to him. And then Quentin left her with another woman. And she had suffered a, a severe shock and obviously had a mental breakdown from this. Judith tells Barnabas that there are... What are there? Well, I don't know because I can't remember what I wrote. <laughs> that there are... Oh, I didn't finish what I wrote. Uh-oh. Let me see what... Let me did just, you fall asleep again? <laughs> I don't know what I did. Maybe I... Check yourself for ink, dry, ink yeah, spots. Yeah, do I have any... Memento style. That there are... Huh. I don't know what there are. I don't know what Judith told... Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I don't know what Judith told Barnabas. I have no idea. Uh, despite Barnabas's advocacy for Jenny, because he thinks, he's like, well, we have to take care of her. Yeah. We need to take her to a doctor. There are people right. who can treat this sort of illness. You know, you don't just have to lock her in a room. You can, like, take, them to her, <laughs> take her to a doctor, and there's things that could be done. Yeah. And Judith is resolved to send her to an institution, though, not to look uh. after her themselves. Uh, Magda has gone to see her sister. She tells Jenny her plans to bring her to a gypsy encampment that's somewhere nearby that Sandor and she will go to and then they can have their lives back again mm-hmm. and be happy, be a family again. But Jenny is disgusted by her gypsy roots. This is something that she has disavowed in order to become part of the Collins family that separated her from the Collins family that maybe made Quentin leave her. You know, and this... So she sneaks out while, while uh, Magda's talking and she goes down the stairs. She sees Barnabas. Oop. And she is terrified, of course, because the last time she saw Barnabas, he was dead in a coffin. Yeah. So she cries out, you're dead. You're dead. I saw you in a coffin. You're dead. And that's where we'll stop this episode. <laughs> of Dork shadows. Dork yeah, this, shadows. That's something you don't want people to say about you. <laughs> no, you don't. Hey, you're dead. Oh. <laughs> oh that's good stuff. Uh, if you want to uh, listen along or like uh, watch along with watch Dave, along, yeah. uh, that what was that last episode? That was seven forty six. Okay, so uh, seven forty seven. Hey, it's like a plane. <laughs> uh, you can uh, watch Tubi. Watch it with commercials. Still watch available it without on commercials. Tubi. Watch it however you want. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's like one commercial during the the show, and it's for a blood bank. It's weird. Right? <laughs> it's strange. Seems yeah. themed. themed. So last week on the show, we asked uh, some questions, as Mm -hmm. you know, we do. Uh, One was, as a kid, did you look forward to school beginning? And also, uh, a nice question from Lisa was, uh, what's your punk rock name? So let's see what happened. Also, people might be talking about subjects we talked about on the show last week. Hmm. We're opening the mailbag right now. Louise writes. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Louise was part of our... uh, uh, enjoyable uh, beach hot dog uh, time. Wiener Beach. Wiener Beach, far away in time. Wiener Beach, far away in time. Uh, which was nice to see her. Uh, Louise, Louise writes. They sat too far away, though. We should have been a tighter circle, I feel. Okay. Next time I'm going to make this recommendation. Well, we're having a movie night soon. We can uh, tighten up the circle for that. Yeah. May the circle but, I mean, be night, unbroken by and by. To be fair, by. movie night, you're not talking. Is this that Louise and... And her sister and Vicky Jackie, were like yeah. 400 feet away from us. Yeah. If they were closer, then we could have talked more. Yeah, I, I didn't want that. Oh. I wanted uh, okay, as much distance as possible. I didn't realize it. You know why? Because I was enjoying a lot of fried onions. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's good fried onions. Anyway. Sure good. Louise writes, I really enjoyed the top five E.T. songs they hit it last week. Oh, yeah. 
Thank you. But I didn't know until this week's podcast that the Carpenter's version of Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft was a cover. I gave uh, Klaatu's original recording a listen, and I am surprised that the Carpenters didn't stray too far from it, except to add a spoken word intro that didn't get much airplay on the AM stations I listened to as a kid. It's an exchange between a faux DJ and an alien uh, that pushed the length to seven minutes, maybe just long enough for the actual DJ to go for a smoke. Mm. Uh, There would have been a single edit that would have taken all that out. Uh, I never like going back to school. Every September, I'd have a lot of anxiety about the By year the way, ahead. I just want to point out that, yeah. uh, Louise, you may, may lose your can- Canadian citizenship. Because? Not knowing that Klaatu did calling occupants. Oh, oh very good. Yep, so that is true. You may uh, lose that. Yeah. Um, I never uh, I never like going back to school. Every September, I have a lot of anxiety about the year ahead, both socially and academically. I still have a lot of anxiety at the start of new assignments, so I guess that is just my temperament. And uh, my punk name would be Luna C. That is a good... <laughs> That's good. That is a good uh, punk name. Edward Dragansky writes, I've been neglectful in thanking David for all the great music he's brought to the podcast. It's a nice sampling yeah, of it. the listening party we so dearly loved. Oh, thanks. That's very nice. Sometimes I think Ian and I are sharing a brain or something. He knows too much. <laughs> uh, as soon as Dave started playing The Martian Hop, I thought two things. That sounds like an intro to a Sid and Marty Croft show. And now I'm hearing the Jackson 5. The song ends, and I hear what sounds like an echo from the mouth of Ian Boothby. I guess great minds think alike, but I'm not sure if mine is great or just affected by extreme nostalgia. Ian's is great because he can use it more for profit than I can mine. Oh, I think you... I think uh, you use yours for profit, too. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, I guess I had a rather favorable public education because I did look forward to the beginning of the school year. The newness of everything, like art and school supplies, new clothes, new lunch uh, box and backpack for a year. It was like starting all over again. I can uh, only think of one time I didn't want to go to school, and that was the eighth grade. It was due to the fact my algebra teacher, uh, Mrs. Butler, had us all do problems on the board and in the front of the class. I faked being sick just to avoid it. All in all, everyone got uh, along with a variety of cliques throughout my uh, 12 years of public education. I was uh, the class artist, and at some point, everyone needs you to draw something. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is true. That's true. Uh, I did really enjoy, uh, even though I didn't like going back to school, I did enjoy getting school supplies. And then I found out something interesting. You can just buy school supplies, and you don't have to go to school. It's pretty good. That's true. I like doing that. I like going and buying like some paper, a bunch of mm-hmm. pens. Go down to the old Staples or yeah. your Office Depot or well, whatever. Look, that's what I was. That's what I soaked myself with. With my, I bought some flare. Nice. Some nice paper made flare felt. I love. I like writing with felt. I don't like like ball, ballpoint pens that much. Sure. Yeah, uh, they're nicer when you fall asleep because you don't impale yourself. It's a nice <laughs> soft tip in your chest. Yeah, so you just you just t- tattoo yourself. Yeah. Edward uh, Dragansky writes again. Ed. I don't think this is the last time. Wow. Uh, not knowing much about punk rock. <laughs> I'd have to defer to an old friend of mine who is immersed in the punk skater culture. His name is Greg, and he worked for a skateboard store in the mall where Lone Star Comics had its first location in Mesquite. Greg gave me a punk name based on a Dragansky first, and Ed second, so he nicknamed me Dread. Oh, nice. Pretty good. Yeah, that's really And good. to this day, it's one of my favorite nicknames, and I have had a few, believe me. <laughs> Going back to a Pixar conversation two shows ago. Okay. We're putting on the Wayback Hats, Dave. I'd have to strongly agree with David that Monsters, Inc. is one of the best and most original Pixar films. Love it. The Incredibles comes close, but there are hints of other comic themes in that one, like Watchmen, Fantastic Four, and Monsters edges it out in originality. 
I can remember how great Monsters, Inc. was when it came out. Uh, my kids were the perfect age for it. <laughs> so we enjoyed the run of Pixar films around that time. And talking about originality and that kind of thing and Monsters, Inc., yeah. I was reminded of uh, a film that was done, I think it was, Rick Dukeman and, uh, oh my God, who the hell else? It was like, uh, I think, was it Howie Mandel? Damn it. It was like Monsters Under the Bed. Okay. It was like a Monsters Under the Bed thing. I wanted I wanted to say Tom Hanks, but that is absolutely completely wrong. I'll have to look up what the, what this is. Oh, it's bugging me. Uh, well, uh, oh, this is going to drive me nuts. Anyway, I'll, I'll look it up. But yeah, it was a Monsters Under the Bed thing. I think it was Howie Mandel. I think it was Howie Mandel. Why am I confusing Howie Mandel and Tom Hanks? <laughs> anyway, one of my uh, company's first uh, big projects was working with Pixar to create life-size characters of Mike and Sully from Monsters, Inc. And I want to say Fred Savage was in it. Uh, from Monsters, Inc. Uh, click below to see the front window of my office at Idea Planet slash BDA, and you can see Mike and Sully clearly inside. <laughs> my office is directly behind them, so one could say my workspace is safely guarded by these two friendly monsters. And we have a link right there. And to all my sneakers, friends of sneakers, and anyone reading this, enjoy the rest of your August as we sneak into fall. Thank God. Dread out. Wait. Nope. He comes back and says, and if I'm Peter Falk, uh, one more thing. Uh, thoughts on the Netflix series The Sandman. Just finished it. Never read the comic. Shame on me. Loved it. Dread really out. And Edward, have you watched the bonus episode, episode 11? I think it is one of the strongest. And I am telling people to watch it, even if they have not watched the rest of the series. Because I think uh, both stories are good standalone stories on their own. Mick hmm. um, Elliott writes, uh, Keeping in mind that summer holidays in Australia include Christmas and New Year, followed by a long January of endless swimming and, in the 80s, watching VHS movies recorded off the TV. It was pretty much as good as life could get. And while it was always great to see friends again when school returned, it was usually about lunchtime on day one that the prospect of another year in the rigid oppression of school life seemed like a life sentence. Yes! Give me summer holidays forevermore! Punk name? I'm gonna go with Stink Pink Eye. <laughs> no, Maggoty Jones. No, wait, wait, wait. Snotley Smith. Hmm, might need some more thought on this. Those all sound like they're good uh, character names for kids' books. If only you wrote those. Wait a minute. Uh, but I can see you gents as Screaming Ian and Rip Dead Rot. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. A response there from Ed Rugansky saying, Mick, I can remember a friend of mine from Queensland sending me photos of Santa Claus arriving in swim trunks and a surfboard <laughs> since Christmas is warm down there. Uh, how does he account for the eight tiny reindeer? Are they underwater? The kangaroos. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Snotty Bobag writes, I think my punk name would have to be Chris Roberts. <laughs> I get you. I see what you did. Yeah. However, if that's too offensive, how about these? The classy one, Vox Pop. Scatological, Gary Shitter. <laughs> Scottish one, Lisa Lane. Scottish huh? two, Giza Breck. Smart Arse, Q Cumberbatch. Vegan 1, Tofu Burger. <laughs> Vegan 2, Robert Plant Based. Self-explanatory, Dickhead. <laughs> Too Rude for TV, Cunt Eastwood. <laughs> Still loving the show, guys. Love to you both and to all the sneakers, great and small. Um, yeah. Uh, warnings on uh, some foul language in this episode. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Remember, we have, a, um, we have an explicit language warning. Mm -hmm. Must maintain it. Peter Ayers wrote a letter. Let me read it to you now. Thank you. Uh, Peter doffs his hat, bends, and straightens both knees. <laughs> Evening all. 
to mention on last week's uh, to expand on last week's chat about Yankee Doodle, as I'm sure everyone was hoping. <laughs> oh man, even I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> Holy moly, right? You know what? I am generally over the concussion, but maybe I'm not. Uh, as Dave mentioned, the macaroni is a jab at 18th century uh, Trustafarians, particularly those returning from the grand tour of Europe, outlandishly uh, Italianate affections. Uh, doodle is also a derivation of dude, an American form of dandy. Hmm. As a non-American, I only recently discovered that a dude ranch was actually a tourist resort uh, packed with foppish city slickers and not cool cowboys. That's Shocker. True. That's very true. As a further digression, only today I learned that Mexican cowboys uh, were called vanqueros. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Vaqueros. Very good. Since Spanish speakers pronounce V's as B's, this became vaquero, vaquero, hence buckaroo. That's cool. Hope you like these nuggets. <laughs> That's a, that's a good, I like that as, a, as like a phrase from like a goodwill hunting. How do you like these nuggets? Um, if not, then I'm guilty of one of your other topics of conversation, that of being boring. Far from it. <laughs> and again, have you heard our show? Jeez. Yeah, come on. Uh, in my family, we have a couple of prime examples at the extreme ends of boredom. My father-in-law is an introvert who takes little interest in the world around him. As a result of curiosity, he is unable to talk about the world in depth and thus... Uh, and this lack of interest makes him boring to talk to, as most attempts at conversation go nowhere. My father, by contrast, is fascinated by an incredibly niche corner of history, but is completely unable to adapt his stories to suit his audience, mm. including re- reams of arcane and uh, digressive detail that confuse the listener. This makes him a bore. <laughs> yeah, lack of curiosity makes you a bore. Yeah. That's true. So the boring person simply brings nothing to the party, while the bore stops the party dead. Both suck energy out of the room, and I wonder whether the boring person who puts little effort into human connection feels less happy than the bore who puts so much uh, so fruitlessly. I know for a fact that I can be a bore, but I'm glad that I am somewhat self-aware about this. And do try to make an effort, which, again, is something the boring person lacks. <laughs> In general, if you are trying to make the other person work too hard, or making the other person work too hard, whether uh, through giving too little or too much, then, buddy, you're a bore. <laughs> thanks, David, for another out-of-this-world music selection. Oh, thanks. Hey, Mr. Spaceman is a joy. I had no idea it was a bird's tune. Wow. The first and last time I heard it was about 20 years ago in the West End production of Return to the Forbidden Planet. This hugely entertaining jukebox musical takes the retro future charms of Forbidden Planet and reinserts your actual Shakespearean dialogue from its source, The Tempest, and other plays with a grab bag of 60s tunes. <laughs> a high concept if ever there was one, and it worked beautifully. With musical instruments incorporated into the bridge set and tentacles dropping from the ceiling onto the audience. Wow. Not a punk rock uh, name per se, but uh, listen out for punk rock tunes in a doo-wop uh, style sung by my group, the Expectorations. The Expectorations. Nice. Blimey, this was a long one. Thanks <laughs> you to Ian's jaw muscles and Sneaker's ear muscles for indulging me. A just Stetson steps through the salon doors and into the dusty street. Wow. Shane, come back. Shane. <laughs> Shane. Uh, Lisa writes, she oh. was also at the hot dog party. She was at the hot dog yeah. It was wienerific. We were cooking up some wieners late one night when... <laughs> uh, Lisa writes, question one. Heck no. 
I dreaded school starting, uh, not so much when I was in the primary grades, but definitely as I got older. I can recall uh, finishing grade three and realizing uh, that not only was I now out of primary and inter into intermediate, which was actually all housed in the same little four-room schoolhouse, so it wasn't a massive physical transition, but it was also enough uh, to then cause me to make the jump into thinking what was next, high school. So from that summer between grade three, I had double dread at the end of each summer, the first going back to school and the second of the ticking of the clock and the thought of scary high school bore down on me one year closer each summer. <laughs> Once I was in high school, I spent the summer dealing with mixed emotions of the excitement of preparing for and showing my horse at the peony, which was the highlight of the season, held over uh, the last three weeks of August and the sad realization that this would be immediately followed by a return to school. <laughs> when I was in university, I looked forward to return to school, probably for the two main reasons. One, that I enjoyed university for its greater choice in classes that I could take, and the fact I wasn't locked into an 8-3 schedule five days a week. <laughs> and the fact that my summer job of writing, training, and teaching was so physically exhausting that I appreciated the return to a more humane lifestyle. As my own boss, I have learned that I am a slave driver. <laughs> so upon That's reflection true. on this, I now realize that maybe my chosen profession as a teacher wasn't the best pick for me, as I have spent the last 30 plus years dreading the return of school over the summer. However, I have also learned that, uh, that within an hour of being back in the building, I'm back in the swing of it, and it's like summer never happened. Uh, I guess it's partially anxiety-based, but it does cause me to drag my feet about returning to school in the last weeks of August, as many most teachers routinely, routinely do. I get the, the first of what will likely be a few anxiety dumps from my colleagues about the same thing yesterday I got uh, from, from, from the same thing yesterday via an email on the topic of when are you coming back in? <laughs> I, uh, I already have to go in twice a week, but I also have uh, a full schedule between now and then with various tying up loose ends before returning to work things. And so that just ends up compounding my anxiety. But on the bright side, as I near retirement, uh, this will likely be my penultimate summer toe drag back to school, so perhaps I should embrace that. Question two. My punk rock name? Sleazy Leazy? Just because it rhymes, of course. <laughs> there you go. There you are. Sleazy. That's a good name. That is the bottom of the mailbag. We're tossing it away. Toss. It was one of the guys in uh, Throbbing Gristle. His nickname was Sleazy. Oh, okay. Don't ask me what his actual name is. I do not know. Take it easy, Sleazy. And are there any uh, letters via the email? There were no letters via the email this week. But I needed the time <laughs> to look up Rick Dukeman. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Freaking movie well, that I'm thinking about. Let's think of some questions for for this week. Oh, that sounds good. I don't know if we should continue with a school-based question, but uh, it did seem to take up a lot of the show today. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask. You know what? I'm going to throw in one before then. All right. How about this? All right. Because we mentioned the PNE. Wow. So, um, uh, what is your favorite thing to do at, I'll go an amusement park or fair? What's the okay. first thing you go to? Boom. Got to hit this first. First thing you go to. Boom. Okay. First thing you go to. Me, mini donuts. Like a mini donuts. <laughs> Boom. Going right there. All right. All right. Um, I should have pre-planned this. No, no. It's good because uh, this gives me more time. All right. Here's a question. I'd like to hear it. What do you avoid more? Going to the doctor or going to the dentist? Oh, I like it. Okay. Which one are you a bigger baby about, in other words? Well, here's the thing. I avoid probably myself going to the dentist more because i got to pay for it. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, Fred Savage and Howie Mandel were the stories of Little Monsters. Was Rick Dukeman in it? He was! There we go. And so right. was uh, Daniel Stern. 
That's what I was thinking, and that's what reminded me of uh, Monsters, Inc. when Monsters, Inc. came out, was the okay. 1989 uh, film Little Monsters, and uh, Howie Mandel was a creature underneath the bed. I see. Of uh, Fred Savage, whose hmm. job was to scare him. Sound familiar? Huh? Why do Movies? They, why do they scare him? Why do they, why do they scare him? Yeah. Because they were monsters. That was their job. See, what I like about, Mon- monsters, what I like about monsters, Inc. is the couple things one is that there's a whole world of monsters under his bed it's, a, it's not just a whole world but it's a whole industry mm. of, mo- of monster scaring and then it has a purpose which is to to uh collect the f- screams of the children which helps power this world okay so this world is powered through this uh this fear okay and then you know so there's this whole kind of like uh, structure this whole societal structure that's based around the collection of this and it, you know and and everyone's told that this is the most important thing and this is what we need. And, you know, and obviously they're not concerned about the effects on the children who are being frightened by these creatures. And I don't know, I think it's pretty clever and a lot of fun. And when you watch, uh, if you watch the extra materials, which of course the greatest of all is the actual performance of the Christmas play or Christmas yes. musical with, with Mike Wachowski doing yes. his, his uh, you know, uh, stuff like, you know, if you don't put that thing back where, you, where it came from, also help me. Uh, you know, put that thing back where, where it came from, or so help me. And then also, she's out of my hair. That classic <laughs> song. But also, the, there's like a lot of stuff about the development of the movie, and you can see like all the stages that went through from a pretty pedestrian idea to what became very clever and interesting. And I and I think that's one one of the things I liked about early Pixar was that they were willing to percolate their movies. I don't think they do that as much now. I think a lot of stuff we see is very much first pass, and I think it it's missing that yeah. willingness to put stuff on the back burner for a little while and let it let it simmer let it let us think about it let's let it yeah sit in our minds yeah yeah and then come back to it and see what what we can do to change it to make it better and i think that's pretty pretty interesting but you don't really get that anymore with uh they're much more part of the disney yeah system. it's hard to tell the difference between a disney film and a pixar film now yeah yeah, yeah. and it's and i think they've lost something there was it John Lasseter? I don't know. Yeah, like... maybe you got to lose uh, little John Lasseter. <laughs> I guess so, but that's okay. They certainly lost. Uh, they certainly lost the magic when he left. So, so listen, guys, gals, everyone. Yeah, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can talk about Pixar as well. We don't mind that. That's fine. Uh, here's what you do. I think you know. Most of you know, but some of you don't know. And if you don't know, this is what you do. You can email us with your answers, and that is at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, or just write to us there about whatever you want. Sneaky D at SneakyDragon.com. That's letter D. I think that's clear, right? Yeah, you get that. Uh, or go to SneakyDragon.com, the website, and you'll see every one of our episodes of every one of our podcasts. Oh, so many podcasts. And then uh, underneath every one of those, there's a little message board area, and you can write there. You can write your sponsors. That's uh, simple to do. If you're on Facebook, you're checking things out, you're uh, talking to your parents maybe, uh, we got a page there, Sneaky Dragon. So go there. You can leave us a little message. We enjoy that. Uh, you're on Twitter. You're going like, what's going on in the world? You're going, oh, people are mean. Oh, I don't like this at all. <laughs> <laughs> Why not go to the Sneaky Dragon, uh, at Sneaky underscore Dragon. Where people are kind. And we're kind, kind-hearted, and you can like ask us something there. Maybe we'll talk to you on there and then uh, brighten, brighten things up a little bit. Or you're going like, hey, does Tumblr still exist? I wonder if Tumblr still exists. Go check. And you'll find sneakydragon.tumblr.com. And you can also leave a message for us there. So many options, 
so many options. Uh, we'd also appreciate it if you uh, felt like picking up our uh, book. Uh, we have three books. Um, they're written uh, by me, they are colored by David, and they are drawn by our friend Nina Matsumoto. And they're all bestsellers, and they're all, well, all, two of them are award winners. Um, and uh, they're called Sparks. The first one is called Sparks, the second one is called Sparks Double Dog Dare, and the third one is called Sparks Future Perfect, and just came out. Uh, so uh, if you want to pick those up, it's about two cats who dress up as a dog and save the world. People seem to find them funny. Kids like them. The parents like them. People who aren't parents like them. People seem to enjoy them. There's a lot of heart to them, and there's some amazing art. And I'm going to say those colors are bang spot on. Even if you're colorblind, it's worth picking it up. So uh, that's in your uh, bookstores or wherever you get uh, books. Uh, and, hey, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Episode 560. Bless your hearts for being here. Is that wrong? 59. Last, oh, no, it's, oh no, no, this is, sorry, you're right, episode 560. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I lose track, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, that was a, re- because it's amazed. an even number, you yeah. can tell because I'm doing yeah, the yeah, talking. Yeah, that's right. And we were talking about vampires. You're right, you're right. Wow. You know what? This was the kind of practical thing we should have learned in math class, I think. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, I prefer to read books in math class than do math. Boy, how about that, huh? It really does take a village. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Raise, it takes a village to raise an idiot. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Abedian. I've been David. Bye. Bye, everyone.
Education, 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 education. 